Hey, hello everyone, Sean Simons, PPG Grandpa. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 92 of PPG Grandpa's Pin Motor Podcast. Tonight we are talking with Nick Jones. Even though he has less than 50 flights, he's already flown in three different states. He's done different uh, cross countries and flown in many different LZs, which is awesome because most people, it takes them more than 100 flights to do such a thing. Maybe it's him or maybe it's his instructor, Brooke Sheffield, also known as PPG Pirate. You can find him at pptpirate.com. And don't forget, if you want some awesome training and you're in the central Arkansas area, get up with me, Sean Simons. You can find me over at paramotorarkansas.com. You want to see my crazy shenanigans? Go to iflyparamotors.com. Otherwise, kick back and relax and enjoy the tale of Nick Jones. And we are live. That is so cool. I'm glad that we're live. Looks like we got a couple of people here that are actually waiting for us. Uh, Darren Locklear, Brian Waller, Fly Baby Fly PPG. Welcome, guys. Glad that you're here. This is going to be an awesome, awesome podcast. Well, as always, I mean, we always have great podcasts, right? So uh, let me introduce everybody real quick uh, in the on the panel. We got Will Fly. Find him at Will Fly PPG. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing real good. Yep, I'm um, excited to be here. What what shirt are you uh, sporting tonight? This is from the Moonshiners convention. Oh, cool. Where, yeah, awesome. I saw uh, I saw Nick fly, and that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, no, I love flying paramotors and making videos about my experiences. And you can find me at YouTube.com, Will Fly, or WillFlyPPG.com. Ooh, I like that. We'll fly ppg.com. All right. We also have Linda Anderson. What's up, Linda Anderson? She's our paramomusa.com. She's our cheerleader. That's right. That's right. I, I, I see actual pom-poms. That's pretty cool. I, I know. These go like way back to the Arizona Cardinals game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I have my season six and everything, they gave these out to everybody. And I was like, oh, yeah. So that I just saved them from awesome. year to year. Now I got all these. Yeah. If, if anybody wants to be on this podcast, just go to paramomusa.com and it'll go to Linda Anderson's Facebook. Just message her and say, hey, I want to be on PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast and she will get you on. She will book you. I promise you yeah. she will. I'll hook you up. Woo, woo, right. woo. Woo, woo. We also got Brian Haybale Waller in the house. What's up, Brian? Hey. <laughs> i couldn't find any hay bales a day man i flew for a whole hour and i found a bunch of peanut farmers and no hay bales it was it was frustrating but i still had fun awesome <laughs> now, awesome man, we get a lot of flights in lately with my with my dad and that's been really awesome we've been flying low and uh putting on shows for the, the local people and uh just having a good time man living the dream awesome are you still are you still posting to your youtube channel yeah, from time to time. All right. Well, how, how, how would we get to your YouTube channel? Um, so if you go to ppgbryant.com, um, it'll take you straight to my YouTube channel, and uh, you can check it out. Um, I haven't been posting as many videos lately. I'm trying to make less, better videos, but we'll see how that goes. Awesome. Well, I'm your host, Sean Simons, also known as PPG Grandpa. Tonight, we have PPG Pirate Brooke and also Nick Jones in the house. What's up, y'all? 
<laughs> oh, he's a pirate. He's a pirate. So why are pirates always mad? I I don't know. They just they just are. <laughs> <laughs> they just are. They just are. Awesome. Well, uh, PBG Pirate uh, Brooke is also a trainer, and tonight we also got Nick Jones. He's uh, well, he was your first student, right? Yeah, my very first and my 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 best student so far. <laughs> oh, I like that. So, um, welcome Brooke. Welcome Nick. Uh, appreciate you guys joining us tonight. Um, I guess Nick, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into paramotoring? Yeah, well, I've just always like had a huge aspiration for flight. I always wanted to be a pilot, and up until recently, you know, the Tucker Got videos pulled me in and started doing my research and reaching out and Brooke just happened to fall upon me. I had planning on going to aviator, planning on going to UFO paramotor and uh, just ended up buying a wing from Brooke and it all went from there. And then he, you know, got certified to train and I waited for that because I, I, I knew he'd be a good trainer. So you told us before the show started that you didn't even know Brooke and you no. just wanted a wing. You ended up going to look at uh, Facebook Marketplace and wing just and, and uh, Brooke just posted a wing that you wanted like an hour ago. I mean, yeah, well, I had, I had uh, reached out to several different trainers, you know, trying to find out a schedule and everything. And then, you know, while I had them, I was like, well, I want to go ahead and get rolling with my wing so I can start practicing with it and, you know, start kiting so I can have a little one up on the competition. And they all recommended the Mac Paracharger 25 meter. And I just happened to hop on and I had already been looked at, looked, I just looked at all the different, you know, top brands and everything and nothing was ever posted in my area. And so I hopped on that one time and an hour before Brooke had posted. So I met up with him the next day and, We've been good friends since. That's awesome. Was he a trainer at the time? He was not. He was, uh, yeah, I don't even know that he was planning on being a trainer at the time. He just, uh, he just loved to fly. And, you know, so he, he liked to, he also loved to teach people to fly. So he carried me along, you know, a, a few times to the field and, you know, just showed me how to, how to get the wing up and, and just got me practicing. And, and then, Several weeks later, he, he he told me he was going to get certified, and that's when I was like, "Well, I'm going to wait. I'm not I'm not going to go anywhere else." So that's how that happened. That's cool. So Brookie went and got certified, and uh, Nick was your first student. How did that first student, uh, you know, roll? Um, honestly, Nick was almost ready to fly before I even left to go get certified. He was just kiting really strong, and I knew I wanted to be a trainer after I helped him because I knew I was going to naturally just help people because that's kind of my personality. If somebody wants to do something and I know how to do it, I'm probably going to help them. So um, Nick was one of the reasons I went and got my license to train. Um, and honestly, I don't know if I would have done it had I not like, kind of met him. Um, I wouldn't have been so eager to. But um, Nick was, again, before I got my license, he was already kiting really strong. Um, I, I helped out with Epic Paramotor out in Arizona to get my license and had some experience with the, the five students we had there. But coming back and teaching Nick was kind of the most special of times in, in regards to training because 
he really was my first student that I got to call off the ground for flights. And man, he just really did really well. And it, it made me want to train because it, um, it didn't seem as hard as I thought it might be. Maybe I just had a really good student, <laughs> especially now after a few more students, I wish they were all like Nick, but um, <laughs> it's just been awesome. Nick was a really good student. He's a great pilot. He's a great guy. And um, I'm, I'm just proud to fly with him and be his friend now. That is really awesome. Now, uh, Brian Haybell Waller, he was down there when you guys were training. Uh, is that correct, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I heard he was having a class and there was a spot for me to park my camper and I could fly. And uh, I said, I will be there. And I knew it was going to be his first class, first foot launch class. And of course, I had just um, been there for my own training with Brooke, where he gave me a trike transition class, which you can check out on YouTube. <clears throat> he transitioned me from a foot launch into a trike using his gear. And then I came home and, you know, basically learned to fly my retracted trike. And, and uh, I've been triking ever since. So Brooke taught me and now he's he's passing it on to other students. Um, I've got to meet another class that he was just at um, a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, another great group of people, um, everybody you meet in a sport is just they really want to be there. You know, they want to be successful and then we want to do the best we can to make that happen. And, uh, you know, I saw Nick train and it took a lot to keep Nick on the ground because uh, the weather conditions weren't perfect. Um, they were just good enough. He could kite. There's one time that uh, one of his first power taxis, I believe he got a couple feet off one or two feet in the <laughs> air and then landed it. So that was probably his first flight. Um, he wanted to go and he was ready but the weather did not cooperate while I was there. So unfortunately I did not see his first flight that happened like uh, less than a week later, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I just saw the, uh, hopefully I'm going to get to see some video of it here shortly, but it was cool just to be part of that group and uh, to teach people. And uh, it, it kind of sparked a little passion in me to, to do the same thing that Brooke's trying to do. Well, that is really awesome. Now, I guess a lot of people are asking, you know, themselves right now. So, Nick, are you foot launching or triking? Or if you're just foot launching, are you going to trike in the future? I'm just foot launching right now. Um, I mean, I don't see why not give it a try at some point. But right now, I'm I'm just loving foot launch. So, for now, I'm going to stick with foot launch. But, um, I mean, I don't know. How, yeah. how old are you, Nick? For, for the, everybody listening, 25. 25. So, so, so Nick is 25 years old. He's probably what at least six foot. Um, he makes it look easy. Um, he does not need wheels, but there's days it's nice to have them um, for sure. And, yeah. And you, one one of your new friends happens to be somebody that can get you into some wheels too. So oh, I, I would not do it because you don't have to. I, I would try. It. Well, yeah. Nick's got a he's got a Parajet Maverick coming. And I'll have a retractor around, and he'll, I'm sure he'll try it out. He's not the kind of guy to say no to anything, really. <laughs> yeah. Real man, real man foot launch, though, Nick. So you're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when you go to a fly-in and you have to go from where you are across the field, having wheels is really nice. Yes. Just, just saying. Just saying. No doubt. No doubt. So, uh, Brooke, um, you you tra you started off 
transition triking as a, as an instructor, and then you went to instructing for a foot launch. Is that correct? Yeah, I um, I kind of just picked up the trike thing naturally. It just kind of happened, and uh, Brian uh, wanted to switch over to trike, and it was just my first opportunity to uh, to train someone on something that I knew I was competent in. Um, so yeah, I do offer trike transition. Um, I offer tandem flights. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm ultimately just here to help people get into the sky any way they want to. And um, at our last class, um, we had a guy who was foot launching for about 20 flights. He had previously gone to another school and um, he just got to the point where he was like, man, I don't think my body can do it. And so we switched him over to um, trike mid-class. So, I mean, ultimately, I, I'm just here to help people get into the sky, whether it's with wheels or feet. Doesn't bother me. They're both fun, and they're both um, they're both easy to do if you really get good instruction and you have right equipment. So yeah, trikes and uh, foot launcher. Either way, I, I love it. That sounds really awesome. Now, before we keep on uh, going, we're going to be uh, showing some really awesome footage of Nick uh, learning and also his first flights. But uh, real quick, before we continue this, uh, Brooke, how do how does someone get up with you uh, to learn how to fly, and where are you located? I'm located uh, mainly in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, our training facility uh, is at the Johnson City Airport in Tennessee, which is about an hour north of Asheville. Um, I also train um, for Carolina PPG, which, so we have locations all over North Carolina, um, from Hillsborough, North Carolina, to Rockingham, North Carolina. So we're kind of all over the place. You can uh, get in touch with our training either through Carolina PPG or you can reach out to me on Facebook at Red Pill Paramotor, or you can find me at ppgpirate.com. ppgpirate.com, that sounds awesome. I love the name. I mean, how, how'd you get that one? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, hey, uh, Brian, if you would like to uh, roll some of his footage, let's go ahead and look at some of uh, Nick's footage. And while we're looking at, if you would, Nick, uh, let us know what we're watching, because this is also not only is it a, a video podcast, but also you can find this as an audio podcast by searching PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Or, of course, go over to paratalk.org. So, Brian, go ahead and show us some footage. And, Nick, let us know what's going on. Can't and also, out. oh, all right. Let me see if I can figure out how to work this technology. We don't know. Uh, I'm not exactly JP Tulo. Oh. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I, I know what I'm doing. I just miss I JP, and he's our IT guy. I know. I miss, I know, JP. I miss JP. All right, so this is uh, one of his first taxis that I have video for. I don't know if it's his actual first one. All right, Nick, go ahead and narrate for us, buddy. Not sure which video this is, but uh, I'm, I have no intention of leaving the ground. I'm just taxiing, and I'm not sure exactly what had happened. I know the winds were extremely switchy that weekend. Um, could have been me, could have been both. Now, how long were you kiting before you went over to school? Because you got your wing first, and then you were kiting, and then you went to school, correct? I had had probably at least six or seven outings for an hour or two each. Um, yeah, just afternoons doing it. But, I, you know, I was, I'd, I'd had my forwards down pat pretty good, but uh, 
I got something, something grabbed me during training and like something I was doing incorrectly, basically. And I was just overthinking it and it caused me to have a lot of failures in the first day, but I finally got over that during the second. And I think that was thrusting my A's forward, causing frontal collapses was my biggest issue was not an improper form. So as we're watching this, I'm sure some people are probably wondering what time of day is this? Like, is there thermals going on or is this early in the morning, late at night? I, I believe this is, uh, I believe this is about middle of the day. You can see the thunderstorms trying to fire up. We're just trying to get in a little, a little taxi practice before, you know, the rain moves in. But like gotcha. I said, the wind is just all weekend long. It was coming over the mountain, so you were getting a yeah. lot of turbulence. Yeah, there, there was some rotor coming off those buildings and stuff. I mean, it it, it was not the perfect conditions. Um, you know, for taxi practice, but if, if the conditions were better, he would have been flying. So we were was just trying to make Adam, the best of what we had. Was that an Adam 80 you were wearing? Yes, it was. So you trained on an Adam 80? Yeah. And, you know, ever since that, I've flown a Nitro 200, but I'm looking forward to my Moster 185 Parajet coming in soon. Because okay. I've had a few issues with mine. This question might be a little personal, but how much do you weigh? 170. Okay. Whoa, Jim, that's way too personal to ask a dude when he's flying a paramotor. <laughs> <laughs> So you, weigh, so you weigh about 180 pounds, and you train on an Adam 80, but you're getting a Moster 185 or, or Nitro 200, you said? No, 170. Um, and I've, I've been flying. I've probably logged uh, 35, probably close to 40 flights on the, the Nitro 200. And I love it. It's a great running motor and everything. It's just it, it's having those Nicosil issues too many people I hear are having. And I just hear better luck. Aside from the pull starts, Ooh. I'm hoping I don't get plagued by the pull start issue <laughs> with the hey, most. Dude, I just saw you run into the air for the first time. Is that Did what we that? saw? We Did we just see you uh, take your very first flight? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. Nick's first flight right here. All right, Nick, what's going through your mind as you're getting ready to uh, take your first flight, bud? My, my brain is scrambling at this point. You know, I'm trying to get rid of the jitters. Cause I'm like, I'm kind of shake. My hands are shaking pretty good. You know, just trying to take deep breaths at this point. Cause I'm, I'm nervous leaving the ground for the first time. But, uh, once you get in the ground, I, I feel like, I feel like my nerves calmed pretty quick and see, I almost had a frontal collapse right there. I held the A's a little too long. Looks like he did a foot drag, yeah, you know, man. showing off a little bit. He did a, he did a <laughs> foot drag, all right. Cool. <laughs> so so yeah, that, he, he started on the, the Atom 80, and he quickly jumped over to the Nitro. He handled the power pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Now, is it normal for people that are about 170 pounds to jump on a Nitro 200? Or what's, what's the, what, what normally happens and how did he get a Nitro 200? Well, I, um, I don't like to give anybody more power than they need to start. And oftentimes I'll train people 
underpowered at first, especially on the ground before we give them any more power than they need. The Adam 80 was kind of right on the edge for him. He could have done both. Um, I encouraged him to actually stay on the Adam 80 for a little while. He ended up getting a really good deal on a Nitro 200 and a wing and a helmet that he really just couldn't turn down. So um, also Nick's got a background in motorcycles and handling more horsepower than usually anybody should. So, um, yeah, he, he quickly took on to the Nitro and – yeah, it didn't seem to be any issue for him at all, really. Well, I have to admit, I would love to get a Nitro 200 and check it out because I'm running a Milster 185. So, um, hey, real quick, behind you, Nick, um, what are, what am I seeing behind you? And is there any significance to that? Uh, you're talking about this? Honestly, no, there's not any significance to it. That's uh, the spare prop the, on the deal Brooke was just telling you about. He threw in two props, and that's that's the one that was on it. And honestly, the end is delaminated about three or four inches, and everybody has told me it's unrepairable, so it went on the wall. But yeah, I, I don't. I do have one prop destruction, uh, and that was that was on my third flight. It was. It was on that same day you just watched that video, and I tried to jump over a one wheel, and my foot went through the prop. My heel, because I got long legs, and my heel caught the prop. But that's my only uh, destruction story I have to share. Uh, I got I hope that, that prop right here. Yeah, and tell us, make I mean, tell us, because we're wondering, what happened to your, your heel? Oh, well, luckily I had a decent set of boots on. They're, they weren't the best. I, I've since upgraded to impenetrable boots but these ones feel hill <laughs> it was probably one skinny piece of fabric from hitting my skin so i mean it was it was really lucky i was at full power and i threw my foot back into it just trying it. to i got item or, or target fixation real bad on a one wheel and i just followed it followed it and at that point i had already taken two flights and i i could feel starting to get lift and i was like i'm gonna clear it i'm gonna clear it and then I didn't clear it, so I just kind of over-exaggerated a jump over it. And, you know, in real time, what I thought happened was I thought my foot hit the one wheel and then in turn threw my foot back into the prop. But when we watched it on the video, totally different. I jumped like two feet too early and just threw my own foot back into the prop and then hit the top of the one wheel. And But luckily I stayed on my feet and I wasn't injured. Nobody else was injured, so I guess – that was a successful story in, in my book. <laughs> this was your third flight. Did I get that right? Yeah. So I had, uh, I was going for my third flight of the evening after, you know, my first flight, same evening. And I didn't get into the air and it was, I was, I was really bummed out because, they, uh, I did my, uh, uh, what do you call them? My routes and everything real, real good. They were happy and everything. So they're like, well, once we get you up in the air and you're comfortable and everything, uh, Waylon's going to follow you up and, you know, you'll do like a little mini cross explore outside the route. So I was excited for that and it didn't end up happening that day, but it's glad. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're okay. You're, you are the third person that I know that has got their boot into the prop. And, uh, they, the, the first one I know he was in my class, chop shoey is both of them got the call and the call sign chop shoey at eight here. And, yeah. uh, they, the one guy that was in my class, he had two slits in the backside of his boot. One of them you could stick your finger through from the inside, but it didn't cut his sock. Um, 
So yeah, wow. I mean, it, it can happen. And and then then I hear yeah. about people that love launching barefoot at the beach, but yeah, you can't you can't sit early and you can't do some crazy run once you're in the air, or yeah. you keep, keep your foot back into the prop. You know, sprints definitely not like over exaggerated runs, stuff like that. I mean, I guess if you were wearing, you know, under adequate shoes. I'd say you'd want a good headwind, <laughs> so you're not having to run your ass off, you know. But we we, we saw somebody over at Bad Apples uh, do the same thing. They're running and and uh, got their heel caught. Yeah. yeah, like I could show you the boots, but it was it was so close. I'm I'm just glad it didn't get my foot. Oh, I, I got the video. Yeah, we we oh, would love to see it if you're willing to share it. Yeah, oh, yeah. please. Yeah, hold on one second. I think I got any of his first landings too. I mean, because. I mean, it's 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 hard to kind of figure out your first times. Now, you you didn't have any toes previous to your first flight. Is that correct, Nick? No, I didn't. Okay. Can you guys see this? Yes. Yep. Okay, give me one second. Baby, go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. I wonder if he's saying go. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the timing's off on that. Now, watch, he hits that. There, it's all going down. The shoe, the shoe came off. Oh man! So for people that are listening to this, Nick, can you go? Can you play that again, Brooke? And uh, Nick, can you uh, go through kind of step by step, <laughs> literally, uh, what happened and what's going on in this video? Yeah. Well, I mean, we li I lined up, and I should have said something because I mean, you know, I was about as a beginner of a pilot as you could be. Um, about you know, let's uh, move the one wheel. So that was. That was my fault. I, I was thinking it in the back of that my head. That was my fault. <laughs> well, I'm going to put the blame on both of us because I, I could have just as easily said something. And, you know, you're beginner trainer and everything. Hey, we both learned a valuable lesson that day. If you see something that's off before you commit to a launch or even when you're committed to a launch, it's best just to abort. But I just I thought I was going to clear it. I thought I was going to clear it. I just kept going. And, you know, the more you look at it, the more you run right straight forward. I mean, I had 15 yeah. yards on either side of it, I could have avoided, but Nick, the way I look at this man is it cost you a prop and you learned that experience about target fixation at a very yeah. young time. I mean, your third flight. Um, yeah. I've learned I, to I, fixate on some on open ground over something. <laughs> I'm yeah, trying to show it. you the piece of prop that you can see shoot off of this thing, but it's not really giving it to me. Oh, there it is. Yeah, you see it in the top left hand? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. So, wait, that's, that's prop. And you can see his left foot. You can see the top of the heel has just been hit. He hasn't even touched the one wheel yet. And the prop has already shot off. But so his shoe's yeah. about to fly off his foot, basically? No, he doesn't lose his shoe. So I thought something landed on the ground on the other side that's of the wheel. That was the air box. Okay. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Oh. Yeah, I well, can see the air box. So yeah. what? So yeah. what? What damage happened to the motor? Nothing. Just a prop. Just a prop, and the airbox fell off. That's it. Yep. Yeah, we were, we were. I had another wow. prop right in there. We were good to go. Just a minute later. Yeah, was I was it, more nervous because he had a a triple prop, a three blade prop he put on after that, and I was like, oh gosh, we don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to get rid of this one too. But I took care of that one. Don't throw that other prop away, Brooke. It's still repairable, man. For sure. 
I saw your bag. Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I, I have a question about this wow. one wheel thing going on. So you're running down the field, like, because you want to fly, whatever. But what is the point of the one wheel? You have to what? You have to like put one foot on it and just kind of glide across the grass and jump up in the air. I, I'm just trying to figure oh, out the whole concept. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with it. Doesn't have anything to do with flight. It's just kind of a convenient mode of transportation for the trainers. Oh God! And someone wrong. accidentally left it in front of you, and you tried <laughs> to move out of the way. Oh. But as a beginner, you weren't able to move out of the way, and you oh. stepped on it. Yeah, yeah, that was all on me. I, I told him that that oh. was my prop break, not his. So. Um, it's oh, all no. good. They're a valuable lesson learned. Everybody's all right. Yep. <laughs> I was just like, I was just trying to put it all the, you know, me. I ask questions. I put it all pieced together. Okay, so the one wheel's out in the grass, and you're trying to take off. And so, so the wind wheel really wasn't supposed to be there, or was supposed to be there. Was not. Was oh, not. Gotcha. Okay. And and just and just in case you all didn't know, Lynn Anderson does not fly. She's <laughs> right. the one. She she she's the newbie here on the panel that keeps <laughs> us that keeps us down and level because, you know, it, it, it's something that if you don't fly and you're not around fly-ins and you don't know about the one wheel, you maybe you don't have any idea. So she's the person who needs to ask these questions, and that's why she's here to ask these questions that you know slip us you know slip our minds because we kind of understand. So. For newbies out there, everybody better give uh, Linda Anderson some thumbs up on this podcast because she's trying to hook you all up. I feel like it takes a minute, you know, but I'm watching all this and, and then I'm thinking in my head, okay, okay, what is the concept of all this? Okay. So, and then I put, and then I ask you guys, okay, I get it now. Yeah. So it's pretty much like, don't try this at home. Yeah. Don't leave your one wheel out in, in a runway. Absolutely. <laughs> Just a little side note on that story. It is possible to ride a one wheel or paramotor. Um, I've seen it oh. done. Um, AJ oh. Gowen and John and Judson did it down at Aviator, but you got to have that good constant 10 mile an hour wind to stand in one spot, just kite your I wing. Would, I would say. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, this this was an accident. That one wheel wasn't supposed to be there, but here's a landing. Oh, okay. I get it. At least everybody was okay. Is this his first landing? That was my it second landing. Second landing. Nice. I had flight. My, my foot slid just a little bit on my first, and the cage just bumped the ground, and I popped back up. So I'm not going to claim that as my first. But, yeah, that was my second. You know, I had the uh, opportunity to hang out with the guys, Brooke and Brian, and uh, while they were doing training in North Carolina. And first of all, I was impressed with the training right on Brooke. And secondly, I got to experience some first flights and man, that never gets old. The first thing I, I actually ran, didn't segue. I ran almost the full freaking length of the run with this grass strip. So I could see the expression on the pilot's face, man, it was totally worth it. You know, and that's, it made me think of it when I saw you, your big smile there, that was a sincere smile. You were really, really excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep that was one of so the coolest nick, moments of my life nick you you're flying the mac para 25 right yes and, uh what where do you set your trims when you're taking off 
I mm-hmm. almost always set them to neutral unless it's like a no win situation. I'll sometimes like, you know, kind of find a happy medium between trimmed all the way in and neutral or trimmed all the way in. But 95% of the time I'm at neutral and I don't have any problems. I feel like I'm a little underweight on that wing. Like I really, I'm trying to find a 23 right now. I, I, I'm trying to find somebody that would just trade me straight up the 25 for the 23, you know, similar hour type situation. And I've had, I have an ozone, the original ozone spider uh, in 24, and it does feel a little bit closer to my weight range. I like it a lot. It's got a little bit of damage right now. I accidentally threw it over my shoulder and it touched my exhaust. So I got a little hole burn in it right now. So I got to send that up, send that off to get repaired. But okay. I love the charger. The charger is a great wing. I, I actually fly the exact same wing. I, so I was curious about your weight because I feel as though I'm underweight on it. And you were flying with the Atom, which would even be lighter. So how many flights did you have with the Atom on that wing? Uh, I would say, because I, I, Brooke did let me borrow it for a couple of flights after, after I got my Nitro running because I had some issues with it. But um, I would say total, probably around 10, 10 to 12, okay. somewhere in there. So were you able to notice any difference really between the weight of the one and the other weight wise no, but, but climb rate yeah you're talking about with the two different motors yeah you know because with the nitro you would have been quite a bit heavier i would honestly assume. honestly i would say ready to fly it's probably only seven or eight pounds heavier than that than that adam 80 is it's a very light setup the nitro is yeah, I, I don't know about the nitro. I know the most 185 is like nine pounds more than the Adam 80. Um, but I'm not sure yeah. about the nitro. I mean, they claim course. 42 pounds dry is what they claim, you know, but I do have, of course, have a reserve on there and, you know, a full tank of gas and all that. That adds up real quick. But yeah, dry, not ready to fly is 42 pounds. So that's pretty light. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think mine was 58 dry without the reserve. Yeah. With the, the most so 185. More weight. That's why I've been filling my tank to the brim, whether I'm going on a 30 minute flight or a two hour flight every time, just trying to get used to that weight. Cause I know it's, it's going to surprise me when I throw that parajet on my back. So have you been in a fly in yet walking around with a paramotor on your back and basically just forgot it was there, started talking to people. Yeah. With, with the excitement and adrenaline after a great flight, I have done that once or twice. Yeah. yeah. You kind of, you don't, you don't notice it after an awesome flight like that till you do. That's cool, man. <laughs> I, you're, you're there, man. If, if you if you can experience that, then, uh, you know, carrying a thing around in your back is nothing anymore. Yeah. If you uh, talk to anybody who went to Moonshiners, they'll all tell you about how difficult the launches were and how shifty the wind was. And Nick went there with his maybe – how many flights did you have under your belt when you went to Moonshiners? I think I had between 10 and 12. Yeah, and he didn't – he didn't fail a single launch there, I don't think. Uh, he had a, I had a long two. taxi. <laughs> that's right. I failed two because my motor, that's when I had the major motor. They were carburetor issues is what they were. I couldn't get my motor, like the last 1,500 RPM, it just wasn't there. I was like maxing out at 55. And every time I'd leave the ground, I would just sink back down and have to run it out, sink back down. And, you know, on the I should have. That was the beginner pilot in me. Now, if that ever happens, that's why you do full power run-ups. And if you're not getting it, you you don't go for it in the beginning, you know, to start with. So 
<laughs> but I'm glad I handled it as well as I did because, you know, it could have, I ended up jumping two ditches doing that, running it out. I ended up having to, you know, take a long, long sprint and jump to clear the ditches. But after that, I was done trying. So, so, so that was your, I remember that. I remember that long run that you took. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I surprised myself. I thought I was, I was like, this is going to end real badly. <laughs> Yeah, I, was, I was just thinking about you, Will, when I was going to ask this question. But, uh, Nick, uh, this was your first fly-in, right? Yes. And uh, at Moonshiners and uh, where I saw you. Did you, did you see uh, anybody on this panel land in the water by chance or uh, foot drag the creek? Now, my, my question is, were you tempted to, to fly low over that creek like everybody else was? No. No. At this point, I – I hadn't even gotten a taste of foot dragging and now that's all I ever want to do, honestly. <laughs> but uh, I, I probably still wouldn't attempt the Creek. Uh, I'm just like, I, I obviously you wouldn't need flotation, I guess for that little Creek, but still, I'm just, no, I, <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. Definitely not. But uh, you know, I like, I enjoy weaving in, you know, cornfields and stuff like that a lot. I've even got a taste of hay bales. I realize that they can get sketchy real quick. I understand your situation. So I tend to stay away from them now. <laughs> Are we well, all fly, man? I, I am not special with hay bales. I just screwed up and got too close to one. Everybody yeah. loves to get low around them, man. It's just, uh, I mean, it yep. draws us in like a magnet. Yep. Just look for power lines. Power lines are my biggest fear. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you, actually, you don't look for the lines. You look for the poles. But anyway, uh, you know, look out for those, man. You don't want to be Sometimes. flying. Yeah, sometimes in big fields, you don't see the power lines in between. There's just a big, long line between the field. So you're flying around, and all of a sudden there's a big power line, and you don't even see the power uh, poles. It's it's crazy. Yep. On my next video, um, you might hear something, a little something about power lines. Uh-oh. What? I'm just saying. I don't know. You know, got to check with my peeps. Well, uh, how how would somebody go there and make sure they subscribe uh, and find out? Yeah, I did. Um, Will Fly on YouTube, or they can go to willflyppg.com. So go to willflyppg.com, subscribe if you haven't hit that bell notification. So when he does put that little interesting uh, video up, you are already notified. Um, you know what? I also heard that Nick, he only had, what, less than 50 flights? But he's done more than most people in their first 50 flights. What kind of interesting things have you done, uh, like cross countries and things like that, that nobody else gets to do on the first 50 flights? Yeah, um, I have yet to, you know, take off from a desk, you know, a location and go to a desk, you know, with a, a pickup vehicle and all that stuff. Well, that's flying. not true. You had a you had an inadvertent cross country to the dump the other day. To the dump. <laughs> Remember when you landed out at the old dump where the RC field oh, is? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I had an, and uh, it was my fault. I had a, a motor out because, you know, sometimes since I, since my motor's electric start, I'll enjoy getting to altitude. You know, obviously I will make sure that there's plenty of outs below me in case my motor didn't start back up and I'll just kill the motor and just kind of glide in silence. Just listen to the wind rush past you. It's, it's pretty freeing. Honestly, I enjoy it doing it a lot, but this time when I went to fire my motor up, it was it, nothing like not even a click. So 
I didn't know what was wrong at that point. So I immediately zoned in on a field and, and, you know, landed safely and everything right next to a couple of coyotes, which I thought was pretty cool. But uh, it, it ended up being next to a prison and I was in this gated <laughs> field. Like I didn't even know how I got out of there, but luckily I just put the motor off my back and said, Oh, my battery came unplugged. So it was a very simple fix and was able to launch right back out of there. But yeah. Wow. I know wow. By a prison. Oh my God. <laughs> Goodness. I was flying over the prison. I thought it was these cool group of people. Everybody's waving. And I realized <laughs> it's a bunch of prison guards going, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> so we got this whole group of people that are about to fly over the prison. So we take a left and Nick's just spiraling down, landing in the fields. And we're all just freaking out. <laughs> and it's right beside the river. I mean, a huge river. Oh I swear it was so cool. I just look up and I swear it looked like a swarm of buzzards up over my head. Everybody was just like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm, everybody knows where I'm at. So that's a plus. <laughs> oh, but, my goodness. I, I, I do have a question. Everybody here that's on the panel and, and for all, all you guys that are out there that are listening to this right now, especially if you can uh, jump in that super chat. All right. So if you take off at your LZ and you have a motor out and you land someplace, is that considered a cross country? Unintended cross country. <laughs> Unintended cross country, but that is a cross country, isn't it? I mean, you take off from an LZ, land someplace else. Yeah, yeah. Define yeah. land. <laughs> well, define That's cross country. I mean, yeah. are miles involved? Does it have to be a certain distance or? Right. So we, we need we need people in the uh, chat to let us know what they think a cross country is. Is there a certain amount of miles you have to go for a cross country? Is there such thing as that mini cross country kind of a cross country in that that Icarus race? You know, uh, let you us know. Let us know in comments uh, uh, in the super chat and let us know over at ParamountArkansas.com if you're listening to this and you're not able to jump in that super chat. So what do you guys think? Who's in the chat so I can say yeah, hi this, to everybody? This, this famous dude named Will Fly in the chat says something about anything over 500 miles should be considered an XD. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you could do wow. that in a paramotor. <laughs> I mean, that is, a, that is the Icarus race. You're right. Let's see who's in the chat tonight. Uh, let's yeah. go ahead and go, yeah. uh, go, go back to up to the very top here. We got uh, Darren Locklear, Brian Waller, Fly hey. Baby Fly, PPG um scrolling down will fly um shannon brooks yay uh hey sean Aaron. simons is there how, how about that um i don't even know who that guy is kent stamey what's up <laughs> kent stamey uh he flies too you can always find kent stamey at kentstamey.com um let's see it now is that mad sloper or mads lopper i don't know Mad Sloper. we got uh hey He's famous now. I, I was able to say a couple of uh, yeah. names from. We got Mark McElroy from ParalifePPG.com. Oh. If you haven't oh, gone I there, go to, to ParalifePPG.com. Check out their shirts. They are the most softest, amazing shirts. I hate to say that because oh. you can also go to ILovePPG.com and look at my merch. But I'm saying, I'm, okay, I'm saying this, but don't tell anybody. But uh, he has some better better shirts than i do <laughs> we also got john wayne in the house he also goes by geriatric ppg oh, uh, boy. welcome welcome glad that you made it here guys 
And uh, have I missed anybody? Let me scroll down a little bit. There's a lot of chatting in the house. So we definitely appreciate you chatting in the house. We've got Nick Griffith. Welcome, buddy. Eric PPG Lear. So if you want to check out Eric, he has a show on Tuesdays. You can find him at PPG Lear, L-E-A-R dot com and check out that. And uh, but if you want to jump on and, uh, you know, um, sport your name and tell us what's going on on Tuesday, definitely do that. We got Randy Milstead. Um, Deweese Milstead, what's up, Deweese? We got Para Ninja, Para Ninja. Yeah. I like that. That's pretty cool. We also got. We should have. We should have um, paramotorgirl.com because she is. She has a all girl paramotor podcast on Wednesday. Paramotorgirl.com. Uh, anybody else out there? Did I miss anybody else? There's a lot of chatting. We appreciate you chatting in the house. Yeah. Is there any questions? Do you guys see any questions that anybody had? Anybody on the... Uh, uh, I saw a question. I think it was pretty much addressed, but Mad Sloper was asking how a shoe could go through the paramotor, how, how, through, how it could go through the frame. But I think we addressed that with the video. Yeah, uh, Walter uh, Walter from Australia is in the house also. Hey, um, so Brooke is, uh, he is an instructor. Um, how often do you think shoes go through the prop and what causes that and what could keep you from having a shoe in the prop? From what I've seen, it's typically people who have really long legs and if the if you could stand and lean your back foot behind the, the hoop, I think there's always a chance that could happen. I've seen it happen mainly when you do something out of the ordinary, which Nick did. He tried to avoid an obstacle. And by doing that, he did like a little jump, which led his foot to end up in a place it usually wouldn't. Um, at, at my last training, um, not where I was a trainer, but where I went to train, um, a guy was exaggerating the run and they tell you to run into the sky, run into the sky. And if you've got really long legs and you do kind of a exaggerated run into the sky, even when you're in the air, there's the potential for maybe that to happen. So I think different setups, different hoops, maybe the harness not set right on your back, or you having really long legs or trying to jump over something on the runway. It's definitely kind of an odd thing to happen. But you definitely need to factor it in as a trainer or as a student. So when it comes to footwear, I think you should definitely think about it. Nick was lucky. You know, he, he had some good footwear on and it protected him. Um, I'm actually slightly surprised we don't see it as an injury more often. But um, it seems like in this sport, if you stay in it long enough, you'll find some way to mess something up or get hurt. So, um, yeah, watch out for the chop shoey. Is there a particular type of boot that you would recommend or something or some sort of footwear that you'd recommend for students that might have long legs and maybe they feel like this could happen to them and um, they don't want this to happen? Yeah, I mean, I would I'd recommend you know a good hiking boot that has a high ankle protection with a really thick heel. Um, I think leather would help. Um, I don't really like heavy boots because those can be, uh, you know, a disadvantage on the field because um, the weight. But uh, I do think the more protection you have around your feet, 
the better in regards to protecting yourself, especially when you're just starting out, when you're more inclined to make a mistake like that and your form isn't great. So um, you, you'll see most training schools when they send out their little packets about what to expect, they'll tell you to bring at least one or two pairs of over the ankle protected boots. Um, and so that's basically what I encourage. And I now kind of take a look at each one of my students engage whether or not um, their height and the way their legs are is a, um, a risk or an overexposure to that. So yeah, it's definitely in my brain now. Awesome. Anybody in the chat that uh, has ever ran and got their boot caught in the prop, uh, let us know because, you know, it doesn't seem to be that big of injury, but it may not even be an injury because we saw that over at Bad Apples, but, you know, I don't think he told anybody, but we saw it. Were you saying something, Brian? Yeah, John Wayne mentioned in the chat earlier, I saw he had a snake boot on that he got into the prop. Wrote the prop, didn't hurt the boot. A oh. Snake boot. I remember seeing that. So, but this guy's name is John Wayne. So I, I can't imagine much to tear him up. So he's pretty tough. See, Nick, what type of shoes did you get? You said yours are impenetrable. Ooh. Okay. I stepped away for a second. What? <laughs> what kind of shoes did you get? You said yours were impenetrable. Oh, uh, I just had some, uh, I was actually running to go grab the boots. <laughs> If I'm being honest, but uh, I was gonna show the the cut that it made. Um, they're just Rockies. They're they're slip-on boots, which I've since upgraded to higher, you know, boots with much more ankle support. Ones that actually, you know, tie around your ankle and and really grab all of it. You know, it, some fields, you know, might have a groundhog hole or anything like that. And if you're running, looking at the wingtips, looking directly in front of you, you're not looking at the floor all the time. Um, that could save your ankle from being, you know, twisted. You, you know, you might just run right through it with the boots I got now. I probably just run right through it, not even know as long as I didn't trip and fall. But you know what I mean? I wouldn't twist my ankle at least. But these are the boots I was wearing when I first started. And they don't provide much ankle support. But I got to say, I don't know if you can see this or not. I'm on the wrong side. There's the prop oh, yeah. strike. Oh. Oh, wow. That that bit of white you see right there is the last line of defense from my feet. I mean, it was so close. You could actually, I can actually dang near poke my finger from the inside out. But wow. yeah, for the people for the for the people that are listening, for the people that are listening, can you uh, kind of describe for the people that are listening the boot and what it looks like and where the heel strike is? Yeah, it's just like a, um, it's a slip-on boot. It doesn't have any laces or anything. Um, it's fairly thick in the back. It is fairly thick, but like I said, my new boots are even thicker. I, I don't think that a prop strike would phase them as much as these, but hey, it saved my foot and leather, I think was the key in that. Like I, if I was wearing tennis shoes, I think it would have went right through my tennis shoes and oh, yeah. my Achilles tendon, it could have got my heel. I don't know what it would have done, sure. but it could have been a lot worse. So I definitely recommend it. Like, like Brooke said, at least for a beginner first 50 flights, whatever, but till you get your form perfected, uh, if that's a word for this sport, um, get yourself some, some good boots. Cause it could. So what are the it, new boots that you got then? I'll, I'll run and grab them real quick. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. 
the good thing about those boots he was just showing was that uh, they didn't have any hooks on or eyelets on them that would. Right, and these do. I have not had an issue with it. Um, yeah, there they are. I, like I usually, I always wear pants with them, and I'll I'll run my pants up to here, you know, towards covering the hooks. But I mean, these things are just—they are a little on the heavy yeah. side, but I don't I don't seem to notice them at all. But when you tie these up, they really grab, gives you lots of ankle support and steel toes. Not, I don't know that that's something you would need, but the back, I, that's what I was looking at when I was when I was browsing for boots. I was like, I want something that a prop would definitely not go through. So yeah. I think I yeah, got I, the winner in those. I got some pretty ran good, in, like, Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead, Linda. Oh, so you already ran in those, you've already ran in those boots then? You flew in those boots already? Oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, after that happened, I may have flown two or three times in those boots again. And then I was like, I need something with some ankle support. So my last probably 30, 35 flights have been with my oh. new boots. And I feel like it helps my launches because like I said, nothing, okay. nothing phases your running. It so just they're keeps not, your feet. not too heavy, right? When you're running. No, I don't notice the weight at all. Uh-uh. Okay. And you know, cool. and also they're great for wintertime, you know, wear some nice wool socks and your feet won't get cold up there, which I have yet to do a winter flight, which I'm, not very much looking forward to, but I got. I'm gonna have to learn how to dress for that stuff. Yeah, heated <laughs> heated gloves, uh, battery powered gloves that heat your. Oh, those those are amazing. Um, yeah. Usually, usually to about 45 degrees. Under that, the wind still whips through them, and it seems like it kind of freezes my fingers. Unless somebody has some sort of battery powered electric gloves that are windproof. Does anybody have anything like that on the panel or in the chat? Well, Which, what I do is I went to Cabela's and I got some of the windproof gloves that they have there. They have a, a particular brand that's, well, it's Cabela brand. And I just slip those right over top of my gloves. And I've been flying in 32. I've the 32. And then when you get higher, obviously it gets a little bit colder. And they seem to be doing okay. Now, for, for those of you that don't know, uh, Jim is uh, a Canadian, eh? And he flies in some really cold uh, weather. What's the coldest weather that you've actually flown in, bud? 32. That's it? That's the coldest so far? So, okay. Well, this winter is going to be really interesting. I can't wait for you to actually, you know, share with us <laughs> how cold it gets. Now, Nick, where would you say that you live and fly? I'm in Hendersonville, North Carolina. That's about uh, 45 minutes south of Asheville, North okay. Carolina. And, and you went on some uh, pretty extravagant um, flights. So can you tell us some of your adventures that you've had? Yeah. Well, like Brooke said, I have a, a, a what seems to be a pretty unique story as far as like how many different locations I had flown in so few flights. I think it was by my Fifth flight, I'd already thrown, flown in three different states, Tennessee, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So I thought that was pretty neat. But, I mean, we just went – we just go where the weather will allow for it. So, I mean, I've, I've probably racked up 10-plus LZs, I would say, now easily. But uh, my favorite has to be a sod farm we fly, I would say, down here in Hendersonville because mm -hmm. we are about 10 minutes away from Lake Lure and World's Edge and – that kind of stuff. Some evenings is just stunning. So, so yeah. Yeah, he gets to do 
I mean, there are some paramotor people that pay up to 1500 bucks to come fly here, to go to certain places that I've heard about. And he does it as his regular flights, like flying over towards Chimney Rock and Bear Wallow and just some of these really big mountain ranges we've got out here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not what you're going to see typical Florida training flights. I think in his like sixth or seventh flight, we were over the French Broad River and a big gust front came in from a, a cell that just developed out of nowhere. Um, he's yep. just been adventure flying from the beginning, which is, I don't think he realizes just how unique that is. Like my first 30 flights were in Florida and he's, he's just got some really tight LZs and spots that I know guys with, you know, 50, 60 hours that don't even touch. And uh, he's just knocking them out of the park. It's really impressive. That is really awesome. So you said that your favorite so far has been the sod farm. Um, what has been like the scariest or the sketchiest that you've uh, been around so far? Well, um, the sketchiest was definitely the hay bales. Like I was telling Brian earlier, I was, I was, that was several weeks ago. I had to kind of tame it down. I was getting a little crazy. I was slaloming a little bit between some hay bales and came up to the left and, and got a little close to the tree line and, and pulled a little bit too much right. And I swooped pretty darn close to the ground. I was moving pretty quick. So I tamed it down ever since that. I was like, well, you know, low level's fun and everything, but you definitely got to respect it for sure. Absolutely. Um, and I, I would say on my, like probably my seventh or eighth flight at, at the sod farm, it was, it was really turbulent, really choppy. And I was coming in for a landing and it was throwing me, and, you know, I still hadn't developed the concept for oscillation correction on approach. And what I did was I basically made it worse. And I had a really bad swoop, like right before landing. And, you know, I was able to flare and everything. And it, it slowed me down to a safe speed as far as like, you know, vertical, but horizontal, I was still moving. So it just like kind of my wing surged ahead of me and, and drug me through some soybeans. But I didn't even get a scratch on me, but that was, that was definitely a little nerve wracking, you know, especially since I had so few flights under my belt, but yeah, not, no equipment harmed and I wasn't harmed. So another successful landing, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you do, are you plan on doing any interesting or long distance XCs in the future, the near future? I would say absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I guess the next thing I want to check off, it's a little bit in the future, but I, I guess we're planning a, uh, a SIV course in February down in Florida. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh yeah. boy. <laughs> All right. Oh. That is awesome. I I love I love the SIV courses. I have to say that that's one of my favorite things to do is being towed up, you know, four or five thousand feet, then pulling A's and just dropping out of the sky. It's 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 amazing. And then when you can't recover, you you pull a reserve and and you float down and land in gator filled water. It's amazing. You you can't. I'm sure you can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I hope I don't have to pull the reserve though. That, that that's going to be some sketchy stuff. I'd say. No, pulling of the reserve is the whole reason why you go to an SIV so you can actually feel what it feels like to pull a reserve. You know, yeah. so you know what it feels like to number one pull a reserve, what it feels like to go down, how to pull, you know, how to pull your wing in to do a stall ball. Because mm-hmm. when you land, you know, or you're going down, you don't need your other wing or or your main glider to be up flying around. You need to pull that booger in and get ready for that landing. We gotta uh, see that video. 
video again, Sean. What's yeah, that? Hey, hey Nick, Nick, did you doing the FIV? What did you say, Brian? Uh, Nick, I, I assume you probably saw the aviator um, video of the SIV class um, yeah, that I was I in with Brooke and, and uh, Scott Champ come in. That was oh, crazy. Yeah. That um, was a great video. It was just so deja vu for me seeing that video for the first time. I was it's like knowing everybody in the video and everything. And I was like, this is crazy because I was honestly just YouTube clicking and it, it popped up. And I was like, I had assumed since that event actually happened several months prior that the video had been out for a while. I was like, why has nobody told me about this? Why have I not found this sooner? And it wasn't until the next day I discovered it. Oh, it had just been released. But yeah, that was a really cool video to watch for sure. Yeah. Shout out to Reese. They, uh, you know, the uh, videographer down at Aviator, man, he is uh, very well, good. He does, he does a really good job. You know, oh, yeah. something, something, something to aspire to for anybody that wants to take videos and put them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that video. That was that was done really well. I agree. It sounds like we got a bunch of people to want to do this February F SIV, man. Uh I volunteer to come down and video for you. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Will? I saw you about to jump in there. Yeah, well, I was just curious if somebody's looking to get into the sport and they stumble upon a video or whatever on YouTube. Um how much time passed between when you made the decision that, you know, when you wanted to, to fly a paramotor to when you actually flew a paramotor, how much time passed? Are you asking me? Yes. Yep. From, you mean like when I discovered it on YouTube? Well, when you made the decision that there's something that you wanted to do to when you uh, actually did it. From the time I decided it's what I wanted to do, I would say at least probably three and a half, four months passed before I was actually thrust into training and everything like that. But I mean, I'm glad I waited, you know, I could have, I could have signed up for the first Joe Schmo that, that popped up with an available course. And, you know, I could have went and got training almost immediately, but I'm glad I waited for Brooke for sure. Cause you know, like I said, I, you know, discovered a whole new group of friends in the area and everything and it worked out really good. So I'm happy I did. Right on. I think you made the right choice. Yep. Absolutely. Um, just so you know what to expect when you throw a reserve, I do actually happen to have that uh, on here. So I've got a couple of camera angles. You're going to dig this one. So as you can see up in the right upper right-hand corner, they're videoing me as I'm flying. And uh, you can see a 360 cam that I tried to be able to. So they say throw, 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 you know, uh, reserve, reserve, reserve. It takes seven seconds, nine seconds for it to inflate. So 10 seconds for emergency and uh, four seconds from the throw the reserve to, for it to actually open. So I actually timed this to actually see what this, you know, how, how long it takes. And... Um, so there's the or there's the main glide in front of me. So I'm stalling that, and you pull that in. And as you can see, that's actually called a stall ball, and the reserve is above my head. It's just a regular round one. Dude, you uh, look so relaxed and in control in this video. It's crazy. Only because you know <laughs> it sounded fun to throw a reserve <laughs> SIV course, you know. And then uh, splashing down, uh, look how fast you actually land. Now, if you imagine if this was not water and this was 
land, watch this, you can see that it's not going slow. It's 5.5 meters a second, which is about what, 12? Yeah, 12 or 13 miles an hour is what I told. Um, that That's impressive, man. Yeah, reserves are known for saving your life over land, potentially breaking your back. Um, I mean, they you're going to hit the ground at some speed, but they, they will save your life. That's why you want to do it over water. Yeah, 5.5 meters a second is about 12 feet a second, 13 feet a second. So you're going down at about 13 feet a second on underneath the reserve. So you want to be able to actually, you know, look up, see what's going on, fix that wing, but make sure that you're not down far enough where you can't throw that reserve. That reserve really is the last the last straw. I mean, you want to fix that wing before you get down, um, uh, you know, underneath, uh, I'd say, what, 250 feet? You want to make sure that you throw um, probably about 500 feet. So make sure you fly high. So do you have a reserve and how high do you normally fly? I do have a reserve and I'm known for typically flying really high, higher than the rest of the group, I would say. Um, like I said, I've recently gotten into a lot of low level flying and stuff like that, but um, it's not unusual for me to be cruising 2,500, 3,000 feet. Um, and if I, you know, sometimes I'll do a few little spirals and, you know, some little wing overs and stuff like that, nothing major, but I definitely want to make sure I have plenty of altitude below me. So you're pretty comfortable with going pretty high up. What's oh, the yeah. highest you've been? Yeah. I've been 4,500, 5,000 feet above the ground. Above Ooh. AGL, you know, almost cause, made. Uh, yeah, because I've been I've been sixty five hundred, um, uh, you know, sea level, and it was about nineteen hundred, uh, you know, ground level where I was at. So yeah, about forty five hundred. Yep. Perfect. You know what's keeping me from taking? I got a buddy that wants me to do an SIV there, and you know what is keeping me from really wanting to do it. Well, you touched what? on it. Sean touched on it. Alligators. <laughs> oh, <laughs> seriously, man. I mean, you land in the water like I did and you wrestle the damn alligators. What's wrong with you, Will? <laughs> you get, 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 am I like an idiot or something? Or am I missing? Where, where, you, where are you from? You don't have alligators where you're from, Will? I'm from Florida. So, I mean, I'm familiar with alligators. <laughs> but am I the only one that seems to be concerned about that? Well, they're generally pretty non-aggressive animals. Yeah. I mean, towards humans. I mean, that's your crocodiles are the ones that go out of their way to kill you, usually. <laughs> but yeah, sorry for Walter down under in Australia, man. You got to watch out for the crocodiles. Yeah. Not, alligators are not that bad. We used to ski right by them on the Chattahoochee River all the time when okay, I was eighteen, not twenty years old. That bad. Okay, so if I see a not that bad alligator. He's not gonna bother me. Is that what you're no, saying? No, 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 no. And, and if and if you do, what you do is you go underneath, grab them from underneath, and put them in a chokehold. That that's all you gotta do. I mean, <laughs> so that's the real reason someone goes to an SIV clinic is so they know how to wrestle alligators. <laughs> exactly. Learn how to throw the reserve and wrestle the alligators away. It's awesome. And I'm good. I'm good with the gators and the freshwater and the moccasins and all of that, but I will not do this over the ocean with sharks. There is no way. No, no. I'm I'll, I'll, I'll take the gators. I'll pass on the sharks. 
Oh, the sharks are not that bad, Brian. Yeah, not that bad. <laughs> and piranha are not that bad as long as you don't have a cut. It's no problem. <laughs> oh, my God. The vision here. Holy moly. Yeah, I can't imagine. Well, <laughs> I guess you're in Alaska. Alligator. You'd be worried about the, the grizzly bears if you're in Alaska, maybe. I don't know, or the moose. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> do not want to wrestle the moose. They get tangled in the lines. Their antlers just get tangled in the lines. It just yeah. messes with yeah. I see Jim. I see Jim laughing. I think he's got a moose story already. I don't. I'm not sure. Oh, really, Jim? You got a moose story? Oh, uh, I don't have any moose stories, but there are a lot of moose up here. We see a lot of them. It's really cool to see them up in the air. They try they and fly. You fly. You fly. <laughs> You see them up in the air? That's that's amazing. They're, 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 not that, they're not that bad. They're not that bad. I've never seen moose up in the air. Santa Swiss teams. What's that? Now I know moose and squirrel, but squirrel's the one that flies. There you go. Hey, uh, since since we're talking to Jim and he is from you know Canada, a eh? hey, do me a favor. Tell us about your scratch and sniff money. Oh my goodness, I haven't had any booze. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if oh, you guys no. if you guys never been to uh, Canada, you, you got to grab uh, some of their money and scratch and sniff because it actually has different uh, smells. Now, tell us real quick about the smells. Okay, I would. There's there is one bill that has a smell and it's the one hundred dollar bill and it smells just like maple syrup. But it's a, it's the scratch is that the that's the scratch and sniff one is just the maple syrup. Yeah, that one's like maple syrup. So the one hundred, the fifty doesn't smell like strawberries. The broccoli number twenty doesn't smell like broccoli, and blueberries. Not quite, <laughs> but the 100 definitely smells like maple syrup. So there's uh, there's some there, there's some factoids that you may or may not have known because uh, who thinks about um, maple syrup hundred dollar bills in Canada when you go to PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast? I wouldn't, but there you go. You're welcome. Oh yeah, we got scratch and sniff money here in the U.S. Yeah, the one dollar bills, yeah. <laughs> but be careful how much you scratch those. <laughs> it's the hundred dollar bills. They smell just like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! There you go. Um, anybody have any questions for Nick or Brooke by any chance? Anybody on the panel and anybody on the super chat? So I, I got a question for, for Nick. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, you, you've had a, an incredible start so far to this sport. Um, you had some good training and a lot of cool experiences. Where would you like to see yourself in a year, you know, uh, progression wise? You want to be on the Paradigm team or, you know, you want to do barrel rolls or what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely like to keep experimenting with acro. I mean, I don't I mean, I know everybody probably says this is I, they don't want to get too crazy, you know. But um, 
I mean, I definitely want to do some more cross country and like, honestly, I would, I'd really love to someday own a travel rig, you know, with sleeping quarters and, and, you know, gear hauler and all that stuff and be able to actually explore some of the awesome sites that our country has, you know, and then, cause you know, it gets expensive if you, if you're traveling, having to stay in places, you know, Airbnbs and all that stuff, it gets unaffordable really quick. So I need something to house myself and transport everything. So that would, that's honestly what I'd really like to do. I don't, I don't really have any aspirations of being on the paradigm team or anything like that, but you never know where the sport's going to take you. I mean, you meet new people every other week. So I, I, what I'm really looking forward is more fly-ins. This one, the one fly-in just didn't cut it for me. I'm just, I, I asked Brooke about every other week. I was like, do you know of any fly-ins anywhere near around here? Any fly-ins? So I love that. I love doing that. That's that's my favorite so far. Dude, you are so, so lucky because you're in a great part of the country. And you're going to get a lot of fly-ins. Kind of a nice, and, happy medium. I, 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 see a, I see a bro master um, in your future, um, also known as a pro master van or something like that, the van life or maybe the camper. Yeah, yeah we're going to be seeing you at a lot of fly-ins. I have a feeling. What, what were you saying, Sean? Oh, I was just going to ask, have you ever thought about maybe doing an Icarus race? Oh, no, no. I, I, I'm honestly not even sure exactly what that is. That's how little I've, I've looked into it. But those are the races um, that um, that like Tucker was in that you can, you know, it's like a thousand mile uh, multi okay. multi day. And you stop and fuel travel. up you know, and land. I guess you have to land near a fuel station to to fill up that, on fuel and everything. That would be pretty darn awesome if you landed next to a fuel station or else you're going to be stuck someplace. I mean, can you have like support, like a support team to follow you and like kind of There's actually there's actually a couple different types of races. They got the unsupported ones and they also got the supported. So if you want to do the actual race, um, you have to actually, you know, land, fuel up, uh, find a place to stay and sleep and then go the next day. Um, then they have the ones that are supported and that's where you can have a ground crew. So you can land anywhere that you want to do anything that you want to, you know, uh, it's nice to have a ground crew. Um, so yeah, there's different ways of doing the race. And unfortunately, because of the pandemic, um, they haven't done it. So that's one of the things that I wanted to do. So I'm just going to have to wait until they're ready to do it. I might sign up for the next Icarus. I mean, do you need like a more advanced like faster wing? to be able to be competitive, anything like that, or, or is like a good happy medium, like more efficient. Do you, do you, you know, get ahead of people, less fuel stops because you're on a more efficient wing. I mean, how does that exactly work? Exactly. You, you as the pilot yep. figure out how fast you can get there by whatever ways that you can more fuel efficient wing, you know, a faster wing, more stops, less stops. So yeah. Um, it's whatever you decide okay yeah well i'll look into it maybe someday sunday all right i'm there with you sunday we're gonna go <laughs> i love it when people say sunday because i'm right there with you buddy yeah, um, motor says that icarus is brutal and actually don't you go through like mountain passes and do daytime flying and yes yeah. Yeah. pretty sure pretty sure tucker's done it a couple times and he's put out some videos about it um doing Icarus race and he did the unsupported one, but I would love to try out doing the supported one first and be part of a team that, uh, you know, you had three or four flyers and a couple ground crew or something like that and try it. Sounds awesome. But, uh, you know, basically 
yeah, you have to uh, know everything about aviation. You have to know about mountain flying. You have to know about flying at different elevations, catching different winds, what the different wings will benefit you, which motor's best for you. Um, it's pretty much whoever's the best, well-rounded, lucky pilot wins it, right? Pretty much. TV team. There we go. I like that. Clear Pop TV team. So we'll be interviewing for that uh, Sunday, apparently, because that's when Nick said he wants to go out and do the Icarus races on Sunday. So we're going to be interviewing then. Absolutely. No, no, seriously, that does sound like an interesting thing to do. Uh, maybe we need to find a team that would like to go on Icarus race. And the next time that they do uh put one out we need to figure out if anybody does want to do such a thing i mean there's a lot of midday flying so if you haven't done any midday flying um might want to check with an siv instructor an advanced instructor and see about uh learning about that has anybody ever done any midday flying if you have what do you think about it jim said no as soon as the snow falls i'll be doing it as soon as the what snow falls Oh, absolutely, because it's so much easier during the snowfall. <laughs> Why? Because there's no thermals? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it makes sense, right? It's all white, right? Yeah. You gotcha. <laughs> Just I'm cold. Excited. Cold, cold, cold. I'm thinking about uh, December 23rd. I'm going to, I'm trying to think, should I fly from sun up to sundown? Why December 23rd? Shortest day of the year. Yeah, solstice. All the right. How, day. <laughs> what's that, Nick? Should they calling for snow that day? Well, from from what I hear, Jim has no problem flying in the snow. No. Over to moose. Mooses. <laughs> <laughs> or or watching moose fly. <laughs> and, uh, today the meese were really bad. Meese. The meese. The meat. What's the meat? Well, that's the plural for moose. Oh. <laughs> the meats. Funny. The meats were bad. Bad meat. And and yeah. don't forget about the placards. <laughs> the moose is loose. That's what you say. So, um, Brooke, have you done any midday flying? I've done enough to basically tell me I don't want to do it right now. <laughs> it's not that I don't feel competent in the air at that time. It's that I don't, um, I already fly 200 plus hours a year. I don't need to fly anymore. Like I don't need to chase dangerous times of the day. Um, I, I'm more inclined to go free flying on paragliders um, explore that part of the free flight into the sport. Um, but I don't really, I'm not really inclined to take my motor up on my Speedster 3 in midday fly. Um, I've done it to prove to myself I can do it, but um, it's not where I find joy. It's not where I'm looking to go. Gotcha. Do you, does your school have a uh, tow machine yet? No, we don't tow here because um, one, we have such changing conditions, they're very shifty, and the terrain just doesn't allow for it. Um, so I don't really anticipate uh, towing here until I either, one, get more experience with it, or two, um, feel like 
it's a, a safe application for our area. If you ever come down this way, we got a we got a tow machine that can get you up about two thousand feet. So, Ooh. is that a tow scooter? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and we could probably get get you up to three thousand feet. So, if you ever want to just come over here and and check it out, just let yeah. me know. Come on over. I love towing, man. What could go wrong? Towing. <laughs> <laughs> Long, long as there, long as there's plenty of water, right? Yeah, exactly. To towing mm -hmm. is dangerous. It needs to be done by somebody that has proper training, proper location, you know, and proper weather for sure. Absolutely. All right. Um, any other questions for Brooke or Nick in the chat or on the panel? I think it's awesome, Nick. I think you have a big future with flying. Well, thank you. I, think I like so, your energy. I love your energy and everything. And we're looking forward to having you back on the show and just hang with us because we want to, you know, we want to follow you and see what's going on. And uh, absolutely, pirate, bringing Nick on and joining our fam, our para family, and all that stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I think I think you're going to do great. You got some good teachers here and mentors and all that. And so you're never alone. You just hit somebody up and say, hey, I need, you know, what's going on? I need you to do this, do that. You know, always, always, always ask questions. You got a lot of good guys out there that know their stuff. So. Absolutely. Good advice. Well, yeah. thank you. You're welcome. Yep. Um, uh Pirate, uh, PBG Pirate, took you under his wing. It sounds like you decided that you wanted to go soar and uh, do your own things, do cross countries, land in dumps, do some uh, <laughs> some fun uh, running and kicking kicking the prop with your uh, foot and uh, tripping over one wheels. You just had a amazing, amazing first less than 50 flights going to different uh, LZs, traveling all over the place. Uh, you said three different states in your first uh, five flights. Have you gone more than uh, three states so far? I have not. No. So that's that's your next thing, I think. Uh, you, amazing. You, you're just amazing. And uh, you are definitely more than welcome to jump on our show anytime you want to. Yep. Kick back as a panel member and let us know your adventures that you're doing. Um, now, I know that we talked at the very beginning of the show, and you said that you don't have any social media right now that you um, are posting to but if you ever do in the future uh let us know because we definitely want to follow you and see what's yeah. going on with you buddy exactly. okay yeah I, i'm definitely gonna start uploading more more videos and stuff of my adventures on on facebook it just you know i just i never have over the years and i gotta break that habit of not posting anything so now that i've got something to actually share with people something extremely exciting like this sport uh, i'm gonna start cool. i'm gonna start doing it and starting off at 25 years old, I mean, I, I, I'm more than double your age, and I got started. Man, I so wish I would have got started at 25. That would have been so amazing. So you are really lucky, Ducky. Um, I'm wishing I found this sport when I turned 19, 20, honestly. But, I mean, yeah, I realize I'm, a, I'm, I'm in a good spot for it to excel and, and go anywhere I want to with it. So I'm not going to complain about it. So Absolutely. Well, we all wish we got into it when we were younger because we just yeah. love it and everything's easier when you're younger and more fit or whatever. And, and uh, 
yeah, man, I mean, you got your, got your whole life ahead of you. Just be careful. You'll be a wise old pilot instead of um, the opposite. And uh, you're off to a great start, dude. And, you know, just be a good steward of the sport. Is, is all you can really do, you know, pay it forward, man. You know, you, you see somebody that's uh, screwing up, you know, point them in the right direction and, and try to help them. And, and uh, that's what we all kind of do here. You know, we all kind of look out for each other. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Walter um, has asked uh, a question about a code. I didn't know if you were going to have an after show or not. No, my mom's over here, and uh, we're hanging out. Matter of fact, there's my mom right there. Can you see my mom? There she is, just sitting right there. Hey. So uh, she's sitting here, and uh, we're, we were thinking, you know, how about just an hour show? But, I mean, this thing just... This flows so well. I mean, I really love our Monday shows. Uh, we, we get on here and we're thinking, all right, we'll just do an hour uh, show, but it'll flow to an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, I think our longest one was, what, five hours? Maybe yeah. six hours? I mean, we, we, we did some yeah. long shows, but they were just really fun. I enjoyed them. Um, but does anybody else have anything before we uh, close tonight? Are there any more videos that we want to show? Um, anybody on the panel that has anything fun that they want to talk about or, or any, um, videos that they want to show? I mean, let's see what's going on. I got a group chat. I'm the group, uh, picture like JP does on screenshot. Yeah. Screenshot that big word. Okay. Uh, I think it's, I think it's command shift four. So three, two, one cheese. Did it work or is it or is it three? One more time. Uh command shift three. Cheese. <laughs> I think that was it. All right, good deal. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's how I promote yeah. the show during the week, you know. I do my PR thing, grandpa. Yeah. Jim, you said you had a video you want to share? Yeah, I had a impromptu cross country today, or let's say a failed round trip. And, uh, <laughs> I ended up uh, not having enough fuel to get back to the Jeez. airport. I'll see if I can, if you guys want to talk about something else, I'll see if I can set this yeah. up. While you're pulling that out up, I'll, I will say. Uh, oh, I got something for you, too. Sorry. I, I, you guys I want to see me wreck? Well, <laughs> Everybody wants to see an accident. I mean, well, it's just you want to see me a wreck real bad. I got a good video. Pull that SOB up. Let's watch it. <laughs> yes. Hold on. Let's go for it. I should have it right here. Tell me if you can see this. Can you see that? Yes. Yeah, we see. All right. Just give me a second. Uh, Sean, I've, I messaged you this. This is my $1,000 mistake. Oh, yes. I got that Ooh. video. Right, oh, this is perfect. You might want to you might want to use the if you can play the sound because that sound was priceless at the end. No. Nice bounce. Hmm. Oh, you landed on your feet. Wow. Yeah, I fucked it up good. <laughs> so what so what exactly happened for the people that are listening to this that can't see the video? Can you go through the video or show the video one more time and let us know step by step what's going on? Uh, yeah, let me pull that back up real quick. So 
this is like a this is like uh at the beginning of this year i went to aviator paramotor which is where i trained and i decided to buy a new wing actually i was demoing this new wing and i had the 2d tied in for the first time and i just bought a brand new three blade prop <laughs> the day before and i was being a jackass doing um kind of surgeon retreats real close to the ground. And I was really digging the way this wing felt. It felt amazing, but I made the stupid mistake of playing too close to the ground. And I just came in too hot and I hit my tip steering instead of my actual brakes. And uh, let me- for, for, those, for those of you that don't know about tip steering and uh, 2D tie-in. Tell us real quick what that is. So um, typical paragliders and the majority of our beginner wings um, have just one set of brakes. And then typically they may have option to uh, have access to tip steering, which is a line that goes to the tip that allows for different directional control. Um, on this particular glider, instead of the tips being separate from the brakes, they're tied in which means pu pulling in and pushing out kind of give different results in regards to your flare. And I do this too close to the ground. And I pull the tips instead of the brakes. I crashed pretty hard there. Honestly, I, I really thought I could have broken my legs, but the Maverick just saved my ass. The frame was fine. The only problem I had was a blown prop and a blown net. Can you and, back that uh, up? Because it looks like your feet both go behind the cage when you come down. It's, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I can't, are you guys seeing the video better than me? It's a little skip, skippy on my end. It's, it's skippy, too. It's jumping a bunch of frames. But, all right, right there, play from there. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, man, you bounced. Yeah, that, that was a much better view. Yeah, but the, see, the <laughs> titanium frame is what really did the bouncing. And as the frame hit, my legs just lifted up like my knees to my chest. And then as soon as the frame kind of recoiled, I just stood up. I was in actually no pain at all. I had no issue from the crash. My frame was not bent, but that three blade prop was destroyed and part of my net was ripped off. Eric fell what farewell thought it was pretty funny. So <laughs> yeah. Well, he sold you a new prop and a new hoop right then. There. <laughs> you just bought the three blader. So, like you well, said, I will tell you this. I laid that wing down. I put that motor off my back. I rolled my trike right out of the trailer and I took right back off. And then I went back and bought the new three blade because, you know, man, everybody's going to screw up. I wasn't embarrassed. I don't care. I don't have any shame in my game. My ego has been beat up and destroyed over a million failures in my life. And I would tell anybody else in this sport that don't be embarrassed. Just own it and keep going. I, I could dig for a while for a video here I've got um, of Brooks' reaction after the fact. And I'll never forget what he said. He was like, play stupid games, Brian. You get stupid prizes. <laughs> I was just cracking up, man. I was like, yeah, I, I, I get it. You know, so I mean, he, he took it in stride, you know, he, he walked away from it and it, it cost him money. And, uh, you know, a, a lesson was learned 
for sure. Yeah. So, so the so the lesson here is have a foot launch and a trike and a couple of wings. That way, in case you mess up, you just move to the next one and keep on flying. Right, Nick? There you go, Nick. That's why. That's why you get a. That's why you get a trike, buddy. Oh, is that why? <laughs> right. That's why you get a trike. So, in case you mess up your foot launch, just go over the trike. Break a leg, you just jump on the trike. Exactly. Yeah, See, I mean, Brian would have just started flying. He's like, ah, I broke a leg. I'm just going to pull, pull out the trike. <laughs> Dude, it took me three months to foot launch again. I literally would have been in the air probably a month later had I had a trike. But at the time, the retracted trike was not on the market for the Parajet. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, you know, injuries just slow us down. Hopefully, uh, they don't keep us out of the sky because – this is such a cool thing to do and uh, it's even cooler to do it safely and never get injured. So, uh, you know, that, that would be a good lesson too. How is your ankle now? It's good. Um, it's been a little, you know, about 15 months or something like that. Um, but I haven't foot launched since I got my wheels. So I can, but I never do. I mean, the retracted trike so awesome. Um, I take off with a full tank every time, which I never did full foot launching. And, um, I don't have to worry about coming in downwind. As soon as I get off the ground, the front wheel goes under the seat and you don't even know you're on a trike. It's just like foot launch. So yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I suggest that anybody that has not, uh, flown a trike, um, maybe get up with ppgpirate.com and uh ask them about uh trike what was was the trike uh what was that trike um thing called brian the retracta trike they call and, it the retracta trike because the front wheel retracts and then you go over to see brooke for what's this what's the name of the uh, class Brooks School is Red Pill Paramotors, and he has multiple classes available. Uh, one of them is a trike transition class for students that are already fu fully trained for foot launch that just want to add wheels to their uh, roster. Um, that's the class I went to. So he can definitely hook you up. He sent me up on a Fly Products Vertigo unit, which uh, had all kind of safety features built into it. And my tractor trike does not include A, a assist and uh, a cage on the back to protect the riser lines. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's got the gear uh, to set you up for success, for sure. Red pill paramotor. Well, thanks, Brian. We, well, yeah, we welcomed Brian to the red pill team last training. So he's really a uh, – he's family. He's a trainer with us. We'll fly your next. Oh, man. <laughs> I got to show it. So – they offered, you know, they inducted me to the red pill team and he gave me a brand new prop. Let me see if I can get it here. Um, all right. Let me turn my background off. Here we go. Wham, bam. Check it out. I got the nice. other It was signed by everybody cool. that was in that class. Cool. So that was super awesome. Um, yeah. Really cool experience. So, so for all the people that are listening, Brian, all the people that are listening, can you explain what you're showing us right now? I'm showing them half a propeller, and uh, it was a gift. It is a working propeller. Um, it's not a broken one. It is actually usable as a good backup prop for me. 
even though I hate to use it because it's got the signatures on it. But uh, he gave it to me as a gift um, to coming up there for helping out with the training um, that he had a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I will be back up there soon for our next session of training. And to get that other side of that prop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got the go. other side. It's in there. Well, okay. <laughs> Rip, man, I told you to give him that broken prop. That he'd have been just as happy with that. <laughs> but no, it's it's cool to be part of a team. Um, just a shout out to you know the instructors out there. I, I will always think highly of the instructors that taught me an aviator. Um, I will. They will always be good friends to me. And Nick, you and Brooke have a lifelong friendship now, guaranteed. Um. Sean, you got a school over in Arkansas, man, and uh, you're teaching people to fly too. So, you know, you got this podcast, and we we try to highlight new pilots and, and give them uh, opportunity to tell their stories. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and uh, you know, and on the backside of that, we got some of these guys here are instructors, and they're teaching people full time how to to get into paramotors, and you are changing people's lives. Um, you, you really are. Um, paramotoring has changed my life um, forever. And uh, I will never give it up. Uh, here, here, buddy. I, I totally agree. Appreciate it. Uh, I think everybody here that's listening to us, everybody on the panel in the super chat, all agree. I mean, once you got the bug, you, you just want to keep on rolling with this. I mean, this is some, this is a lifelong thing. I mean, especially... Uh, like I said before, I was in the military, I was in the Marine Corps, and since getting out of the Marine Corps, this is the only thing I've really ever felt that had a brotherhood uh, just as tight as the Marine Corps. So, to all my brothers and sisters out there, love y'all, for sure. We love you. Hell yeah. Thank you for your service. Thank well, thank you. you. Hey, you had a couple donations in the chat there. Oh, okay. Um, let me look real quick. I have not seen it. Will Fly sent us a $5 bill with a ha-ha-ha sticker. We appreciate that. John Wayne sent us a 20 bill. We appreciate it with a nice. gold sticker. That's really awesome. Appreciate that, guys, uh, definitely. Um, all the um, donations uh, definitely help out, and they go to... Keep on keep keep this podcast going. Um, we also got Kent Stamey uh, said, "Great show and great guest. Always great to see the locals doing well." With a twenty dollar bill in the super chat, Yay. definitely appreciate you so very much. Um, uh, I, I love you guys. I mean, you, you are my family, and and I definitely appreciate you a bunch. Um, mom, I, I love you too. You're you're my mom, and you're you're always my family. So I'm, if you ever. So good out walking the dogs today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you ever fly a paramotor, then you're like uh, you're like a god to me. <laughs> no, I, I'm like I don't have any brains. <laughs> I was waiting to see a hand coming out of the background with the slap. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's like shut up, Sean. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Well, guys, um, I know Jim was going to show us something. Jim, you got that all spooled up for us. I do. All right. What are we? What are we looking at here, buddy? Besides looking at your social security number and okay, we, we got it. Oh man, look how flat it is. I cruise down if I run out of fuel. 
I love that. If I run out of fuel. Hardly any out. <laughs> uh, I think 1,500 feet good. I better call in to the airport. And so, there we go. So what's happening, Jim? Uh, well, now I'm no more fuel. Trying to figure out where to land. Thankfully, there's I don't know what to do with this thing. I'm going to stay completely trimmed out. Where's the airport? Can you put the mouse on it on the screen? The airport is to the is to the left or to the right over here. Might okay. be able to see it in a bit. There's this far half a mile from the airport. Do you know the trick where you put your foot out to see how far you can glide? No. 35 kilometers an hour. Okay, well, I'm definitely, I don't think I'm going to make it there. <laughs> oh, that's never good. So what do you, what do you think and uh, what do you think that you're going to do? I'm going to ask you for help here in a second. So I think what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to stay close to Charlie's. Charlie was directly below me. Because there's a truck there. How high are you? Because it doesn't even look like you're dropping. I don't know. What do you do? <laughs> I was, it doesn't, does it? I was 1,500 feet, and I left my trims out because I wanted to be able to go as far as I could and have my glide oh, ratio uh, really good. But then when I switch directions here, I start to, I, I'm going into the wind there. That changes a bunch of stuff. You can right. see in a few seconds, I'm getting blown. Wow. Okay, so the wind is definitely coming out of the west at the moment. So are you still trying to figure out where to land at this point? You can watch right here. You'll see when I put my trims in, all of a sudden my, my descent in. really increases. To right there. So I got relatively good lift. So what made you turn? Because you know when you turn, you're going to lose altitude. Were you trying to lose altitude? Yeah, and I wanted to be by this farm because Get there's a truck in the farmyard there. It makes sense. You don't have to walk as far. Absolutely. See there? Oh, I can't pause it. There's a truck right there. I think the I, I think the wind is going to switch direction because I I'm going to I'm going straight for the road right now. Yeah. Do you see any power lines? That's what I'd be looking for. No power lines. Yeah, I don't see any. Any traffic? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I waited too long and now I'm turning away. Okay. Whoa. All right, get out of the seat. Turn into the wind. Oh, the wind switched directions. Oh, 
cute. <laughs> well, I definitely didn't want to go into that. Wow. Okay, guys. Whew. All right, go ahead and We're put that on mute. On the ground. Uh, Run out of fuel. How do I get out of the ground? I had to run hard on that landing because there was a switch of wind at the bottom. Go ahead and put it on pause for a second. Just put it on pause. Just pause. Just pause the video for a second. Bottom center. There you go. Yeah. So in that video, you can see the wing landed right in the ditch. Hmm. Okay, because because that's one of the things I couldn't um, I couldn't really tell. Um, so. Go ahead and walk us through what happened for all the people that are listening to us on the podcast that wasn't able to actually see the video. What happened, buddy? Well, I was, I ran out of fuel, obviously. I was a little short. I, it was a long flight. I was, I should have had two hours or I should have had two and a half hours of fuel. But for some reason, I burnt through six and a half liters an hour this flight. I don't know why, but it was bad. And here, well, I just circled. I wanted to be landing next to this guy's farmyard because I knew the guy. And I figured if there was going to be a problem, he could come and help me out right away. And, uh, but the wind was coming from the south at the ground. But about 50 feet up, it was coming from the west. And so, but you couldn't, you didn't know that for sure until you got into the wind, especially, especially there. And I did that last S turn. I probably should have put my trims in at all the way in right from the very beginning. So I would descend a lot faster. And then I wouldn't have had to do that last S turn. If you have, if you pull your trims all the way in, you're going to descend a lot slower. No, well, what you do is your glide ratio decreases with this wing. With the Mac Paracharger, it's designed for uh, for paragliding, and it's also designed for um, catching thermals. So when you put the trims all the way in, what happens is the wing goes has a very high descent rate, or it doesn't go as fast. It doesn't move forward as fast. So you're dropping faster. Uh, well, maybe not fast, dropping faster, but you're not going forward as fast. And so if I had pulled it all the way in, I probably would have been able to land before the road, no problem. But I was trying to keep it in the neutral. I've been practicing it, leaving it at neutral. And because it's a lot more firm, it's a lot more stable at neutral. And you got a lot more flare authority. And it's this is so a anyway, this is an A wing. Uh I don't I don't know if it's an A. It it's a B and A B wing. Okay. You guys, hey, Jim, just, know, just... you guys have Mac Paris. It's a charger. Are you flying more aggressively than you used to? It's a high B. Yeah, Charger's not an A. It's a high B. 
Okay. Yeah, it's a beauty. Oh, I didn't know that because it's really slow. Like if when I can, if I put my trims all the way in, it'll compare to a Mojo. It's pretty cool that way, and it's like fluffy and so light. And I actually flew the first forty hours, no, sorry, thirty hours on it in with my trims in landing trims in and taking off trims in but now i'm trying to get to trims neutral and trying to get that dialed in yeah so trims trims in is sorry go ahead will well i was just going to say six and a half liters per hour is atrocious even for a moster i mean what's going on there that's That's right oh dude i went for four and a half liters flying normal to mojo an hour to uh eight liters an hour set i fly seven to eight liters an hour almost every time i fly now in a most really? 185 with a spider three a hundred percent loaded a hundred percent loaded not not over um it depends on how aggressively if i take it easy now i'm still five and a half six liters an hour but the way i fly where i'm always climbing and then doing spirals and doing wing overs down low or you just you're staying in a throttle a lot and, and, you know, I'm flying super – I'm heavy loaded on the wing, and I'm flying trims out all the time. So today I burnt seven liters in 55 minutes. Well, but you're heavy on your wing, so – and he's light on his. Yeah. So it makes a huge hurt. difference on just how you fly, you know. Were you real aggressive on the throttle, Jim? No, not really. I, I think it was because of the wind today. Today I, I was actually planning to go straight west to go for breakfast, and – then I ended up having to go to a diff, totally different town, different direction, because it was the wind was so strong, and I think that was some part of it. But also, I have a flotation device now. I have a U float, and I think that U float puts a lot of what a lot like it slows me down, so I need more power to go forward. Yeah, wind resistance. Exactly. It's, it's drag. I think that makes it. You add is drag. Yeah. I was hoping that the weight, though, would give me a little bit more, but it's not very heavy. <laughs> well, then, you know, that's a good question because um, I don't. I don't use that much fuel, but my my moster's new. So as they age, do they tend to use more per hour? That's they, possible. They could. Um, I noticed that when mine starts using more fuel, um, I got to pull that head clean off the carbon, and there's that little exhaust port. Clean that exhaust port out because if that starts to get um, clogged up, you uh, you burn more fuel. I've never seen that exhaust port clogged even after like 400 hours. I'm getting ready to do the 100-hour service on my Moster 185. It's got 118 hours on it, and I'm going to – completely tear it down and redo all that stuff um so we'll find out if it makes any difference in the fuel consumption but uh, i think it's just yeah. heavy handedness dude I, i'm flying way more aggressively than i used to so i mean i know that's where it's at for me so, i mean i have a wood prop and i think that makes a big difference for fuel consumption at least i'm hoping because i'm getting a carbon fiber one coming I think once you get that carbon fiber, you're going to see a big difference in uh, performance and also fuel efficiency. I sure hope so. 
but my exhaust could be getting plugged because I was using a 60 to one oil ratio with the Dominator oil. And I, I just cut that back. So I cut it back to 50 and I'm not getting as much oil coming out onto my prop, which I'm very happy about. I, actually, that's the other one. Yeah, 50 to one is richer than 60 to one has more oil. Um, oh, so you oh sorry. I was doing, I was doing 40 to one. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, the dominator is good, man. That the modal, um, 800, man, it, I don't know. It, it'll, it'll leave some junk on your spark plug, but that's what videosity requires for the first year to maintain warranty as you run it there. Well, but, uh, we, we could spend another hour talking about oils. Let's not get sidetracked on that. <laughs> um, I know what kind of oil you use, Brian. <laughs> I got a bunch of it now, thanks to you, Will. Appreciate it, man. Uh, that was good timing right there. Yeah, well, somebody. You know, anyway, um, I don't know if Nick and uh, I, I know Sean probably needs to go. He, he's got his his mom there with him, and uh, I just want to say thank you to, to all of y'all. Um, you know, this is a, a very fun part of my life. I'm, I'm sorry that I missed the last couple Mondays. Um, I was traveling and, and, you know, living life to the fullest. Um, but when I'm not, I will do my best to be here. And, uh, but you, you forgot to mention that you traveled through my town. You called me up and we met up and hung out for a little bit. So I, it's okay that you are not on the show when you travel through my town and we hang out. Yeah, man. Hey, you know, me and my brother coming back from Colorado on an elk hunt trip, and uh, we're going to stop in Conway, Arkansas to grab some dinner. You know, I, for damn sure, I'm going to call my boy Sean, man. And uh, he came over there and and, and uh, had my first Red Robin there, and, and uh, it was cool. Got to meet the brother and hang out. No doubt. Uh, there's times when I pass through some of your towns, and I don't remember um to call you or and i do apologize i went to north carolina on this last trip and i had several people uh, calling me out for for not looking them up but i know dozens <laughs> of pilots in the state man and i was there to help brook train people so you know we we, we do the best we can um these fly-ins are awesome because we all get to hang out and just kick back and relax and fly so we're gonna we'll see you there man for sure Absolutely. Um, it looks like Walter in in the chat said, question for Jim, did he fly downwind on his first leg, then come home into wind? Well, this time I was flying crosswind. I, I was, the wind was coming out of the west, and I was flying south, and then I was flying north. Because I couldn't get, I was going like five kilometers an hour. So like three miles an hour into the wind. It just, the only way I could get anywhere was if I was right close to the ground. And I like being high. I think we all do. <laughs> That's why we're paramotor pilots. We like to be, you know, high altitude. We love that stuff. Absolutely. I agree. Take the low level hay bale stuff. I don't care. Y'all call me out on it. It's all good, man. <laughs> actually if you guys i'm gonna get this video up i'm gonna put the whole thing up and i'll try and maybe i'll mess with some chapters and see if i can get the chapters in there 
but there's some really cool spots where I do have to go where I went down because I wanted to go to this one particular area, which was far west. And I had to go through such turbulent air. I would love your guys' feedback on it because I don't know if it was safe. But I got down low and I was, for lack of a better word, flying across the prairie there. And then when I got, I went up again, about 50 feet up and it just, it was like I hit a wall and I was not going anywhere again. It was, so I'll send it to you guys and you can let I me got, know. I got a question. What, um, what do you check as far as winds aloft before you go fly? What, what apps and what sites do you check? I check windy. Yeah. Do, do you check anything for winds aloft? Because wind, you know, as you can tell, it changes uh, as you gain altitude. There are different types of uh, apps that, that are out there. One of them that I use is VentuSky. That's a good one to actually show the different winds aloft. Another one that's uh, uh, free and uh, easy to use is a hot air balloon, uh, RyanCarlton.com. It's an actual uh, website that you go to that shows the winds aloft. I suggest that you check that out before you go flying so you don't have these particular issues um and it's very possible you were flying with the wind up high right and then uh, you turned around and at a different level you were going into the wind so you have to like you know squeeze the trigger you're flying you know harder you're burning more fuel and that's pop you know like it's possible how you're burning so much fuel what do you guys think panel how is he burning so much fuel? Probably going into the wind? It's, it's possible. I, I know you're talking about winds aloft. And Ryan Carlton, uh, I think it's probably a little bit more accurate for winds aloft. It's a hot air balloon site. Uh, Wendy does show winds aloft. I check it regularly um, using the North American model. But I would say 20% of the time, Wendy is not accurate um, for winds aloft here. And uh, I don't know, maybe when you get more mountainous situations, that may be more exaggerated. But my go-to fallback that is always 100% accurate, no matter where you're at, is if in doubt, release uh, a helium balloon and watch it go up. And um, watch it and see how it behaves all the way up to a thousand feet. You know, if it starts doing some crazy barrel rolls up there between 200 and 300 feet, then, well, you know, to stay your butt on the ground. <laughs> True. Yeah, I use, uh, I, uh, you know, Wendy, I agree. It's not very accurate, but um, it does provide different uh, models. And the one that closest matches my location is in blue but it can be completely different for another location. And, and I say close, it's not, it's not, I, yeah, the, Brian, I think you got the number right. So I use Wendy for the kind of in the future, long out kind of forecast type stuff, but I use and rely on Ryan Carlton. It's been spot on. I agree. But I only use that, you know, you know, an hour, two hours before my flight. I don't rely on that for forecast. Absolutely. Do well, they, guys, does Ryan Carlton, does it have an app or is it just a website? Just a website, website right now. I don't think it has an app. 
Okay. But the website is really reliable and actually on a cell phone, it's it's dialed in to for people to use a, a, a cell phone. Um, so it's it's pretty intuitive and pretty easy to use. Perfect. Nick, do you use anything as far as uh, um, some sort of windy or other apps to show you winds and winds aloft and in, in your weather? I usually use windy honestly uh, i'm going to start using ryan carlton a little bit more but um you can check the winds aloft on windy i don't i don't know if you like i mean at least you can change the elevation to see like wind direction and you know a rough estimate as to what the wind speed is doing you know if it's green you know oh, that's danger stay away and you can you know you can tell but you guys are saying it's not always the most accurate so i'm definitely going to check out ryan carlton for, for my particular location, I mean, you might have a, a different experience altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Windy is great on the ground for me, but it's no good any uh, above 50 feet. I find it's a common thing where the wind is going a different direction when I get up. And, that, and that's wind shear, and you got to be really careful about that too, bud. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're a new pilot, um, best thing you can do is just use all these tools you know, have a log book, your first 50 flights in your area or whatever, you know, make a note of what these apps say and then what your experience was from them being accurate. And then before long, you'd be like, okay, the winds are out of the east here. You know what? I probably can't rely on Wendy. I better check Raul Carlton, you know, and uh, you kind of get a feel for the area. Um, you, you use all the tools to the best of your ability and but ultimately, sometimes you can't rely on the technology. You just have to look up at the sky and go with your gut feeling. You know, what, what exactly. do you see? Yeah, exactly. And uh, if you do use Windy, um, as you guys have heard, that there are different models. And if you use NAM, that's North American model. If you're here in the States, that's a little bit more accurate um, most of the places. But as Will said, yeah, it's not accurate. Uh, other models are accurate where, where he is. So definitely have to look around and kind of figure out what you, you know, what works for you. Ryan Carlton is, uh, is a really good one. Uh, Ventu Sky is another one that's really good because it also shows thunderstorms where the rain is, um, uh, the temperatures of wind aloft uh, or temperatures uh, uh, aloft too. So um, I know that sometimes I take off and it's like uh, 60 degrees on the ground, but I'm going to go up, you know, a thousand feet and it's going to be 80. That's nice. Now, John Wayne in the chat has mentioned UAV a couple times. I, I am not familiar with UAV. Um, I will have to look that up. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't used that either. Have you seen what they uh, have on PPG Zone? Yeah, PPGZone.com has a really good um, wind app, also. Yeah, Aaron I says he uses that. But the neat thing about that is it shows windy on top, and then the winds aloft below. And, I and also, too, just like we were talking about earlier, on, over at ppgzone.com, if you have a uh, an account there, you can actually go to the interactive map where you can see where other pilots are. So if you're flying around or you're in a particular area, you can look on that map and see what, uh, what other pilots are around you and who they are. Get up with them, and then you can probably go fly. Pretty That's cool. Pretty cool. I think I registered for that a long time ago when it first came out. I think I put my location on there, but you know, if you're going through Conway, Arkansas, I know somebody you can fly through, you know, he, uh, he might go flying with you. 
We have um, at least 200 pilots here in central Arkansas. Not all, of, not all of them are registered, but I know a bunch of them. So if you come over this way, we could probably get up with a bunch of people and go fly. Have like a mini flying. Name well, the guys, um, any anything else before we head on out? It's uh, actually after nine. This has been a two hour podcast so far. This is absolutely amazing. Yeah. No, safe flights, everybody. Go ahead, Brian. Just say everybody be safe out there, man. And, uh, you know, get in the air if the weather allows and, uh, you know, be, be a good steward of the sport, pay it forward and, uh, continue living the dream, man. We, we are lucky to do what we do. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, definitely appreciate, uh, PPG pirate Brooke and Nick. Um, what is, what is, what do, what do people call you, Nick? Um, do they have a nickname for a nickname? <laughs> Do they have a nickname for Nick? Uh, Chop Chewy. I've earned that one for sure. Chop Chewy. All right. But I like they did that. Like it, so I don't. I don't. I don't guess I have a designated nickname yet. You do have a nickname. It's Nick Jones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he does have a nickname. He does. He actually has a nickname. He's the other other Nick. <laughs> That's right. The other Nick. Lots. Yeah, we, of we, Nicks. we know. We know lots of Nicks. No doubt. That, that is yeah. true. I know. So. PPG Pirate at PPGPirate.com. Tell us a little bit about you, your school. How do we get up with you? And uh, definitely appreciate you for jumping on here, buddy. Yeah. 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 Um, well, thanks for having me and Nick and Brian um, and the extended Red Pill Paramotor Training Team. Um, yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, um, right now we're booking the rest of our season through Carolina PPG. So uh, reach out to Carolina PPG um, or you can reach out to Red Pill Paramotor on Facebook or uh, ppgpirate.com. You can find me there. Um, but yeah, thanks again for having us. We're here to train and uh, take you on tandem flights, get you on a trike transition or whatever it takes to get you in the sky. We're just here to help you out. And uh, I've got a dedicated team of awesome dudes and uh, we'd love to meet you. So reach out to us. Otherwise, we'd love to see you back here uh, on the Monday night chat and talk. Absolutely, yeah. positively. And Nick, the one that does have a nickname, Nick Jones, uh, thank you very much for joining us tonight and, and give us a, a little brief experience of your amazing almost 50 flights in three different states, all the cool stuff you went to, all the XCs that you've done. Uh, definitely appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for jumping on here. Well, thank you for having me, man. It's been an awesome ride, and I look forward to many, many more flights in the future absolutely and, yeah some more adventuring and, and don't forget we're we're going to put this on um itunes and other paramotor podcast uh apps out there so if you ever want to hear yourself for a couple of hours <laughs> go to paratalk.org and uh check it out and you also can just search for pbg grandpa's paramotor podcast but nick man i appreciate you buddy for jumping on here any any uh, words of wisdom before we head on out uh well i mean i guess if you're thinking about doing it just do it um it's totally a life-changing experience it really is um i almost didn't do it 
you know, like I said, I, I got, I thought about it and then, you know, kind of put it on the back burner for a while and I'm, I'm glad I made that jump eventually. So anybody's considered considering doing it just to try to make it happen. And wear good boots. And wear, wear good boots. <laughs> you don't want to be an out shop shoey. No, no yeah. Chop shoey is okay, but not chop feety. Chop feedy, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I got gotcha. you. Your, your nickname has got to be nickname. I mean, that just that's perfect. As many nicks as we've got, that one would stick. Yeah, really. yeah. That that would stick for Nick. I think that would. Yeah, let's but do I'm it. Up. It'll stick for Nick. <laughs> and uh, we can't forget about Brian Haybell Waller. Uh, he's uh, he was over there to to watch Nick actually take his uh, first. Uh, kind of flight, but not his main flight, but it was over there watching. And of course, Brian Haybell Waller, he is, he is the guy that, um, you know, is, is our most popular guy on the panel. We definitely appreciate you jumping on here and hanging out with us. But uh, Brian, any words of wisdom before we head on up? Yeah, man. Um, look out for Haybells. And if you take an SIV, pull that break. No. You know, experiences make you a better pilot. Um, everything we do in life, all the mistakes we make, all the things we do right, they all make us stronger, better pilots and people. Um, you know, the best thing we can do is learn from them and learn from other people's mistakes and, and um, just use some common sense. I would say one thing about Nick, Nick is uh, he, he made a good decision, um, and that decision was to get proper training. And uh, he went and got proper training. He got somebody that, that showed him, you know, how to do these things. And uh, he'll be the safer for it, you know. He learned about target fixation on his third flight. You know, I paid a bigger price at a much later flight to learn that same lesson. So, you know, all these are valuable experiences. Us coming on here, sharing with people is valuable, um, putting our videos out interviewing new pilots it's, and, and you know like i said a couple times already paying it forward um we were lucky enough to have somebody to show us how to do this so uh yeah let's uh let's make sure if we find somebody that wants to get into the sport we point them in the right direction and give them you know uh, proper direction if you're not that person you know point them the right direction Exactly. And uh, just in case you didn't know, we have product placement. So uh, go to paralifeppg.com if you uh, want like the coolest merch. Oh, yeah. By the way, oh, shout out to Mark McElroy because uh, I now have a awesome Paralife mug that if you don't notice, it matches my wing in the <laughs> background, blue and yellow. So uh, Mark, you're the man. He is the man. I know I have one of his shirts too. Just saying. Hey, like, hey, who has who has one of Mark's shirts? If you if you do, raise your hand on the panel, and uh, if you do in the super chat, uh, uh, shout out to uh, to Mark in the super chat. Let him know that you got one of his his shirts or one of his uh, merch because he is definitely awesome. I got um, my back. My my car has Paralife. Uh, on it too. My mom saw it for the first time. She goes, "That is really cool." Yes, Mark gave it to me. It's amazing. I love it. So, uh, shout out to Mark for sure. I got a better question. Who has one of Mark's shirts and had to pay for it? 
<laughs> oh, come on, you guys. You didn't have to pay for it. Hey, Bull, Bull I did. did. I actually paid for it. I bought Mark's first shirt. You I did? I bought Mark's first shirt. Yeah, I did. Well, he charged so, me $80. Uh, what did he charge you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give him Mark a hard time. He's that's, a great that's <laughs> Hey. Just so you know, it is the most comfortable shirt you will ever wear. It is I've seen that yeah. same ratio on other shirts, and they were not nearly as comfortable. I don't get it. It must be in the weave, but it is literally a very comfortable shirt. And, Absolutely. And we sure. have so helped him sell quite a few of them because uh, I don't know how many times I've been fly in and somebody asked me about my shirt, and they went and bought one from him. So, yeah. you know, uh, he, he's got a good product. Yeah, I, I, I employ you guys to go to paralifeppg.com, check out the merch, and then go over to iloveppg.com and compare the merch. I mean, buy one from each and, and check them out and see which one you like the best. That's right. That's how we do it. All right. Just to also, say how good of a guy Sean is, he spent all this time advertising Mark shirts on Paralife. <laughs> Yeah. And he's trying to sell shirts too. He's got his own <laughs> So I mean, Sean, I mean, you're the man. You got you got good products out there too. And uh, uh, next time, I'll wear my clear prop TV shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, those clear prop TV shirts. I'm going to have to revamp a little bit. Um, but hey, you know, when you first start off, you, you, you're kind of working with I don't know nothing. You're just trying to figure it out. But uh, thanks, Brian. Appreciate you, buddy. We also got uh, willflyppg.com. He puts out the best videos. I mean, if you think Tuckers are good, you need to go over to Will Fly PPG, subscribe to that channel, hit that bell notification, and watch his videos. Uh, hands down, they are amazing. Will Fly, tell awesome. us a little bit about what you do and uh, your channel, buddy. Well, thank you for that. No, I'm, I'm never going to beat Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you're getting kind of close. I think so. Um, and, um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy flying paramotors and, and documenting what I do and my experiences and, and putting them on YouTube. So, yeah, check me out. I'm Will Fly on YouTube or uh, willflyppg.com. And I, I want to say, really, thank you very much, Nick and uh, Brooke, for you know spending the time with us tonight because you're 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 what it's all about the brand new guy in the sport you know what i mean it just brings everything back and just it's just awesome man so yeah keep living the dream guy yeah thank you absolutely um uh, love the very first flight first flights are amazing always love first flights and um you know uh Oh, and in case you didn't know about Brian's channel, you can go to p, uh, ppgbrian.com. I don't know. Did you say that? Your ppgbrian.com? We, we mentioned it earlier. I'm not very good at plugging myself, but uh, actually that sounds terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, which, which you do on your own time. <laughs> All right. We'll just, we'll just end it there, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? I'm going to plug myself right now. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I make YouTube videos and, um, I, I have fun with it and I aspire to be as good as people like Will Fly putting out videos, man. He, he is somebody that I look up to. He's a role model for me, for sure. You um, definitely look up to him when he's flying overhead. <laughs> yep. 
every time. <laughs> All right. We also got our friend Jim from Canada. A eh? he's the one that helped us uh, put together those calendars and printing them out so we could give them away to uh, uh, different people. We we gave them away to some fly-ins over to Resurgence PPG and a bunch of other people. Uh, just to take and have. Uh, so thank you, Jim. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, if somebody wants to make calendars or get things printed uh, through your business, how do we get there? And what do you do? You can get you can get to me through uh, carepp.com. And uh, it's got all my contact info there. And we will help you out <laughs> with whatever you want. We can print pretty much anything. And stickers, calendars, all sorts of different projects. Awesome. So, so that's carepp.com. Wow. Whatever that was, that was crazy loud. So you have carepp.com, and that's your business. You know, it'd be really cool if you had carepg.com. That way it could be like for your YouTube channel. Oh, that's an awesome idea. In fact, you made me do it. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So if you want to see uh, uh, Jim's uh, videos and stuff, make sure you go over to careppg.com. And that is his that is his YouTube channel. And he will be posting that really cool video up soon. So make sure you go there, hit subscribe, and hit that bell notification. We also got our paramomusa.com, Linda Anderson. Are, is everything okay? You kind of went loud there for a second. All right. I muted you because something happened. But if you need to get up with us and you want to. Uh... I'm here. <laughs> oh, you are. I don't know what happened, girl. Well, my, see, I got like football going on, right? And you know how you have the table. And then they have this new thing now. And they go, if you're not like, if you have it on mute and you're not, you know, like you're watching it, but you're not. And then they, they put on the screen. Are you still there? Are you still there? seriously it's scary okay yeah but anyway <laughs> if if you if anybody wants to be on our show make sure you get up with linda anderson if you go to paramomusa.com it forwards to her facebook page and yes. just let her know that um that you want to be on the show now you can go every monday to clearproptv.com and that is our show right now if you want to listen to it just go to paratalk dot org or just search your favorite podcasting app for ppg grandpa's paramotor podcast on tuesday we got ppg lear that's a uh, new one that uh, shane used to do but it's just kicking back and relaxing and talking paramotors and whatever you want to uh talk about um hopefully it's mostly paramotors and it's over at ppg lear that's l-e-a-r dot com on wednesday you can go over and see an all girls podcast at paramotorgirl.com and that's with flying flamingo jade and then something's happening on thursdays what's that linda anderson oh yeah hello yeah thursday night we have paraglidingtalk.com with my son robert michaels who's been a paraglider since 2017 and uh every thursday we get together and uh it's an awesome show a lot of shenanigans, a lot of good information, cool guests and everything. So, hey, you guys all jump on. Don't be shy. It's a lot of fun. Thursday night, paraglidingtalk.com. 
Boy, you are a good PR girl. I'm telling you, you're, you're awesome. Um, and of course, nothing's going on on Fridays or Saturdays, but we got our Paramotor Nation on Sunday. So I'm sure you already know about that. I mean, they are the biggest podcast, uh, live podcast that goes out all the time. So um, definitely check that out. So Nick Jones, any um, last words before we say goodbye, sir? Uh, I just appreciate you guys having me on I, and have enjoyed talking with you all. All right, buddy, man, I really appreciate you jumping on and chatting with us. I cannot wait to see what's going to be going on over the next 50 flights that you have with all the adventures that you're doing now and how many states you jumped into already. I can't even imagine. So please keep up with us and hang out with us anytime that you want, buddy. Okay. Thank you. All right. PPG Pirate. Thank you, sir. Brian Haybill Waller. Uh, we'll fly PPG. Jim from Canada. A, we appreciate you, buddy, with all those calendars at carepp.com. Paramom USA, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Don't forget tomorrow, ppglear.com, and we'll catch you tomorrow and next week, always and forever, here on this channel. Uh, love you guys. Peace you, out. Shatters. Love ya. Peace. Peace to the peace. To the peace. Yo, yo. Oh. <laughs>